Hello and welcome to another episode of Xenochat. I'm one of the hosts, Tyler, along with my co-host, Justin. Hello, everyone. Alright, and we're back to discuss more villains, this time Xenoblade. But first, we got our returning guest. We got uh, Robin. I'm not returning from the previous villains part, though, in case you were curious. True. (laughs) We got a new cast for this episode, but it's good. It's all good. I think um, I'm the and only then, returning one. <laughs> yes, and that is Mary. Hello. <laughs> and we got Nick. Yeah! Oh. oh my god. I don't oh know dear. why that felt okay. appropriate, but I just decided to do it. Okay. Coolsies. Whatever floots your boats. <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun. <laughs> my audio All actually right. cut so, out yeah. a bit when you said that, so I didn't get the full <laughs> magnitude of it. You'll just cool. have to listen to the full episode when it comes out for the full. I know that's experience. that's going to be a fun little gift for me in the future. <laughs> Try listening to the podcast. <laughs> Maybe if you listen to a podcast <sighs> called Xenochat, you could appreciate this high end humor. Sorry, I was just doing my Minoth impression. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, today we're um, instead of uh, Xenogears and Xenosaga, we're talking about villains in these Xenoblade games. So. Xenoblade 1, Future Connected, 2, X, and Torna. I said that all weird order, but it's all here. It's chronological. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, we can squeeze all of that in. <laughs> yeah, if we go too long, we might split it into multiple episodes, but let's see what happens. Yeah. Um. So first up, we'll start at the very beginning. So the first Xenoblade Chronicles with its villains. Um, so one of the first notable villains would be Zord, one of the uh, face, face mechon that yeah that uh, Shulk and the gang faces early on in the game. Yeah, it's the uh, one with the big hammer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the pickup truck. That they fight in the, <laughs> the pickup first... truck. Yeah, Zord. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's. Oh, go on. No, no go ahead. Does have a tailgate on it? <laughs> sure, he's a pickup truck. No problem. Yes. We're good. Yeah, I didn't uh, really. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go on. No, I, I just, I'm like, oh no, dead, dead air. I better say something. So go right ahead. Oh. Go, okay, go ahead, just... bot. Go ahead. No, no, this isn't my show. Jin, you speak. Oh my gosh, I was, <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, he, he's a just a robot with a funny Cockney accent, and I didn't really think too much about him, but it's kind of weird that he, his backstory is just kind of nestled within Colony Nine, like because his daughter is Dorothy, which is a character that you can help out around Colony 9 and you don't really find out about Zord's true past until you like help her out in some of the side quests so it's kind of interesting and I might also mention that she's not like the easiest to well I mean she's not like the easiest person in town to find either is she isn't she like nestled into like one of the back alleys almost I think it depends on at night that you have to get from her is that correct I couldn't tell you that part. Uh, As for where she is, that sort of depends on what career path you tell her to go for. 
I think if you tell her to join the the uh, defense force, then yes, she is more available at night and more kind of out of the way to find. Oh, okay, maybe but, that's why it was that way for me. Yeah. Yeah, probably also depends on her schedule or what time of day. Yeah. Yeah, her schedule changes after you tell her to get a job. See, I was thinking, I was under the impression that, oh, it changes between quests, so when you get further in, like, some of her other quests, you have to find her in these different, not, like, a huge change in location, but I was thinking she was kind of like, oh, she's not, like, just right out front and center, she's kind of, you have to take this balcony back here into this alley or something like that to get to her in Colony 9. No. Or, no, or she's never I that bad. Re- okay. Yeah. But you do have to go out of your way to find her. I I didn't remember that. I I feel that you have to go out of your way to find any specific NPC. Like, if you're just looking for NPCs in general, no problem. Yeah. There's some that give you info that it's, like, way laid into, like, after you've done certain things for them and stuff like that in that game that is actually very story relevant that you kind of have to really dig in there to find so i it, it could have been any one of those npcs that i was thinking of whenever i thought of that one it was like oh i don't know if i ever even found her on my first playthrough of this game or i think it's like very that. easy or, to miss no. the bit of dialogue mm-hmm. where dorothy talks about like oh or yeah my father went missing during an attack his name was zord he always swung a hammer he was a blacksmith yeah yeah, and or maybe not found her, but found yeah. that dialogue from her rather. Yeah, I think that's pretty easy to miss. But she, it, yeah. it is blatantly stated that Zord was her father. Uh, yeah. What's interesting about Zord in specific is that he does not have any memory of being Zord. He like when you when he gives his name, he goes Zord is what they call me. I guess I don't know. And oh, yeah. that's interesting because at that point, Egel is not brainwashing the face mech on. So he just has a terrible memory. Yeah. Yeah. Or he the process of becoming a face mech on. Yeah. It, it could be that the process for him was just too traumatic. I will say, dude has some certainmanship for sure. When you like go into that battle with him and stuff, he's like, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, that kind of thing. As for the others, well, I just couldn't help myself. I ain't a fool! Welcome to our banquet hall. Tonight, the main course will be... You! <laughs> and if I've still got room, the brat will make a tasty dessert! <laughs> Murderer! Absolved your host tonight! Yeah. Wait, yeah. He's, he's like, the, the way he does introduce himself and all that stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. Bombastic. Really <laughs> on the show. If it does make to. you wish that he had a bit more of a backstory, because. I don't know, yeah. like, I, I kind of felt like they set him up to be more than he actually was, not just someone that is really only developed through an, an easily missable NPC. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of cool to have that as, like, a kind of an Easter egg to reward people who explore, like, oh, man, this is his daughter? Like, you know, like, this is, that's that's a cool reveal to have, but at the same time, 
Zord is a character that is presented to you relatively early on in the game, and you kind of expect him to be a major player when, at the yeah. end of the day, he kind of isn't. I mean, yeah. so it kind of sucks kinda, that, like... He kind of gets they, defeated pretty quickly, too, considering, yeah, like, it's he, right he that feel after like Colony 6... He feels like one of the first bosses with a huge presence, I guess I would say. Yeah, no, he, he's and your yeah, first reoccurring yeah. villain. There's yeah, a he, lot he of is. setup. Yeah. He is. It's just that it kind of sucks that, like, his backstory is relegated to just random NPC you may yeah. or may not miss, you know? I actually yeah, I kind of disagree. I kind of like that about him. <laughs> I like that, but at the same time, considering how they present him, you kind of feel like there should have been a bit more in the main story, not something that's just, you kind of have to go out of your way to find. I mean, they certainly do present him as much more of a thing, because he's, he's your first me- faced Mechon, he's your first opponent where you're like, wait, why doesn't the Monado work? The Monado's supposed to hurt these things, why doesn't it? Uh, however, I do think that ultimately adds to what he in fact is, which is just like a overall small piece in Eggle's larger scheme. So, yeah. while I understand, like, feeling, hey, how come he doesn't have more more weight into him? It's like, he doesn't, for story reasons, like, he's not important. Yeah, true. I, that, that's also kind of true, though, yeah. Yeah. I want to say that I honestly, whenever I got to him, I felt like he was going to be bigger. Because he is the first, I believe he's the first face mech on you hear talk, period. At the point in the game when I got to that, I didn't realize... That they even could do that. And him just being able to mm. do that alone for so long, whenever you get it, like at the start, you have Metal Face, and it's like he doesn't say anything. Right. And uh, that's kind of like caught me off guard. So I can see why one might think, oh, yeah, there, there might be more to him. I think the first time that I saw him, or the first time that I heard him talk, I'm like, oh, that, like, something in my brain, like, got mixed up. And I thought, oh, that is the face, that, that is the face mech on. And then. He said he was Zord and all that stuff, and it was like, oh, well, wait, he's got a different chin and all this stuff. Never mind, he's actually very different. But he caught me off guard for a bit there, partially because he was only, he's like the second one you see. And, I mean, they don't look that similar, but they look similar enough, I guess. And just like, first time you heard him talk, you know, you, you heard one talk and I thought, oh, maybe they, uh, I guess they can all talk, you know, at that point in the game. So he really he really caught me off guard in some ways, but I, I also thought because he talked, he would have a lot more, um, like going on that you'd find out later or something like that. And yeah, I guess he does, but it's not like front and center. But I do kind of agree with Bot on that. It, it makes sense that he doesn't have as big of a place, and I guess just like him to be as bombastic as he is, and just like and everything like that is it's interesting. Um, especially compared to, like, how Face Mechon comes in and doesn't say a word, and then you've got this guy who's all of a sudden just, like, making a huge spectacle of it and talking up a storm and all this, and I just... It, that, I gotta say, that just really caught me off guard with Zord. Yeah. yeah. I did not know what to expect going in from there, especially after that because of him making that kind of entrance. And so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he did his job. He, he's, that's a pretty important thing. Alright, so shall he, he we also, go to the like next the, one, or? Oh, um, never mind. 
Oh, uh, all I was going to say ahead. was that uh, later in the game, you fight several mechons that are called mass-produced based or mass-produced bases that are all based on his general design. Yeah, which just true. emphasizes how completely unimportant Zord was. Hmm. True. Yeah. All right. Metal face. Metal face. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert. Metal face is Mumcar. Wait, what? I'm leaving this podcast. How dare you? I know, right? <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I went out of the car, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, this whole phase is basically, uh, yeah, as we said, mom card, though we don't exactly know that at first, and he's also the one who kills a certain uh, character at the beginning of the game. Yeah, he kills Fiora. I don't, like, we don't have the spoiler alert, he kills Fiora. That happens in the first five minutes. I don't know. It's a little later but we can't tell you that's Fiona. <laughs> Are you Fiora? Fiora. Fiora. Why did I say Fiona? Oops. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You basically uh, leads the first assault on uh, Colony Knight and stuff and kills Fiora. And I guess that becomes pretty much a catalyst of Schultz and Vision stuff. But uh, later on, when you do see him again, you do see that, oh, it's Mumcar! Like, you know, this, uh, this uh, bestie of Dunban, or supposedly one of the bestie of Dunban in the war, but that happened to, like, die back then because he was, like, trying to flee the battlefield instead of staying with his friends, and he got killed. <laughs> but yeah, he's basically, uh, he's, like, his goal was basically to, I think, maybe get better than Dunban and get the banana for himself. He was yeah. jealous of Dunban's success and like I, I guess that made him go a bit like you know, kind of a bit crazy on the sides, but he sounded kind of crazy on the sides to begin with anyways, but <laughs> but yeah. Uh, trying to see if there's anything else there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, he does say that he wants to be a hero, and how come everybody loves Dunban just because Dunban can use the Monado, so he wants to use the Monado so everyone will love him, and I'm like, buddy, if you want to be a hero, maybe don't run away from the battle. Yeah, don't run off the battlefield. Jealous and, of Dunban with this Yeah, and hair. don't be such a dick. <laughs> exactly. People might like you, but you're not. <laughs> exactly. Which isn't to say that Mumcar is not a popular guy. Just not in and universe. He has such a unceremonious death of just falling. Off, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it yeah, actually. I've seen pretty... people complain about that scene quite a bit. He gets stabby stab. Well, I've seen does, people complain but... that like sh- that uh, Shulk should have killed him, but I don't know. I kind of like that he doesn't. I like that yeah, he doesn't Shulk, too. Sh- yeah, me, me too. Because. I do like that Shulk is like, well, you know, I feel like Shulk understand that Mumkar like kind of turned bad because of certain things that happened, and but at the same time, it's like it's not maybe that maybe he wanted to have some faith that he could change or something, but at the same time, it's like it's still kind of 
kind of weird the fact that oh just as, as this happened like the because his arm or something fell on this on his face basically <laughs> just like wow yeah, what are uh, the odds of that happening right there it's an interesting thing well, where it's they set it up such that like the they didn't want the hero to kill the villain because they wanted yeah. to make a point about the unity of the Hams. I think I think I agree like I mean I mean I mean I think what I'm what I want to say is that like this is not uh, Shulk does this again later with like the um I mean with like the eggle thing and all is like he doesn't want to it shows that oh Shulk is make actively making a decision he doesn't want to kill if he can help yeah, it. Yeah. He doesn't want to and he, he was like he believes that people can change and stuff and that he can communicate even though it's like a harder path to choose like he doesn't want to just kill like he, he wants to communicate this feeling i guess by so that you know the other party can maybe understand and turn around you know i feel yeah. like this is pretty much what shulk is about often He's a good boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, a very I've big always, part of his character. I, I've always liked that about Shulk. Um, that and at the time when I played this game, that was uh, something that I really appreciated. Yeah, and uh, I guess since we spoke about Eggle, he's just like the next character on our list. So I guess we can jump into that. Uh, so he is the leader of the Mechon, and uh was originally a friend of Arglas, which remind me us because my, my brain of names is like uh, Arglas was the giant that eventually giant. got possessed by Zanza. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure because like you know, it's kinda of blurred with the fact that he was possessed by Zanza and stuff, so I did not click like was this the name of the giant, but I think it is. <laughs> so and you guys just confirmed so it's good. Uh, but yeah, he was friend with the the giant Arglas and he saw his friend being possessed by Zenza and basically watches like all of Mikan is got pretty much destroyed by by him and he wanted to absolutely like destroy Zanza and the the, the Baroness so like yeah that's why he kinda started to make more I guess like like those things like face Mikans in order mechanism to go against Bionis, but yeah, the most of the other Machina did not really want to go that path of revenge, but like even even his own father like actually asked Shulk if he could kill him, but obviously Shulk being the good boy that he is, like he wanted to instead uh, reason with the guy, which uh kinda succeeded but other things happened. <laughs> Uh, I'm still kind of sad though that he does get uh, he does get defeated like buying some time for them and stuff, cause uh, yeah, it's it's sad. <laughs> I wish he was still around. He was a cool dude. Like after after he cooled down, anyways, because while he was like in his bad guy shoes of like basically being mad at everything like it was being really bad but you know when he started turning around and like listening to reason like 
he seemed like a pretty chill dude and like you know at the end of the day he just loved his people and like he wanted revenge but at the same time it was maybe not the best of paths to choose you know because <laughs> more bloodshed brings more bloodshed and all yeah and the McConaughey got it really, got a really raw. Oh deal. yeah, oh so, yeah. So it's not like you can, com- like it's understandable to not completely blame him in some ways, you know. For I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a very far, gray. He's a very gray far. character. Like you went uh-huh. through some like experiences that made so he, he turned the way he did. But like yeah. after speaking with Shulk. Well, they didn't exchange fists and all too, I guess. But after speaking and stuff, like, uh, he did turn around and he did, like, try to help the crew escape from Zanza, who appeared around that time. So, yeah. It, it, it did buy a lot of time to the crew for them to, like, just escape the ship and, you know, be okay. Because <laughs> they were basically the, the only hope, basically. Did Mikol say he needed Shulk to give his boy a real big spanking? <laughs> no. I hate to ask said, this. Please kill my son. I need you to give me give my boy a real big spanky. Yeah. No. He, no. he, he just death. said, please kill a my son. spanky of death. Yes. Exactly. You're right. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for Eggle, though. Do anyone want oh. to add up anything? Well, Ego has a cool robot. <laughs> he has a, he cool robot, a cool robot, and he has a cool design. <laughs> yeah, um, the robot was also named. Uh, why can't I think of it now? Yaldabaoth. The God. Yaldabaoth. Oh yeah, yeah. I I do remember that now. Yeah. Oh man, but that robot was indeed really pretty. It was like all the gold, shiny. It has that yeah, big... those might. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say that's probably one of my, probably my favorite face mech on design. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that one's really cool. Really it good. kind of reminds me a bit of Anubis from Zone of the Enders, mm, Second Runner. Yeah, uh, I totally see that. Then I still need to finish that game. <laughs> oh, that game's amazing. Oh, oh both yeah, both of those are so good. There's some really cool inspirations in Yaldabaoth's design. Actually, I just I love like the. Like the it's like this big almost like golden statue kind of resembles some Buddhist stuff, you know. Has the has like that big kind of uh what do they call it? Like a corona sort of thing on it that goes off of its back and such. Yeah, it's just got a really cool look. It's very unique. Even for like the mechon in general, especially like the face mechon in general have yeah. all like a really re- unique look, but Yaldabaoth still stands out as far as those go. But, you know, that's just aesthetic. The Eggle himself is the main person we're talking about. But, you know, can't go without mentioning at least that. Also, tail on the robot. Great appendage for a robot, in my opinion. It just looks cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Then I think we're good to move on to the next one, which would be the big, big baddie of the game, Zanza. Do, do, do. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's basically the, the god of Bionis, um and the universe itself, 
really. Yeah, um, it's pretty much like, uh, uh, I'm evil, I'm the boss, you shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's big um, money Zanza. Yeah. <laughs> making, and making all life on Bionis just so he can munch on them. Yeah. But it's also interesting uh, because, you know, how they made intertwine a bit of uh, the Zanza of this part and the 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 architect of Zillblade 2. How, mm-hmm. like, it, they had explained that uh, Zanza was, like, his half that was basically the, the bad him. So it's like, it, it did create a universe, but, like, yeah... The guy's a bit too arrogant and too, like, oh god. Like, he knows that he's the god and he's like, oh yeah, I'm the god and, like, you guys are all, like, weaklings and stuff kind of uh, character. <laughs> kind of sucks, though, that he eventually he's just like, oh, everything has to return to me to restore me. And, like, I don't give I don't give a shit about the, the creatures I created. So yeah, it's it's kind of really bad. <laughs> That's it. Aside from that, it does have it does have like a cool uh, cool design. It's like an evil Shulk. <laughs> That's kind of how it looks. That's why that Shulk is a good him. Yeah, but uh, sometimes his design also reminds me of uh, what was the name of this character. A character in Tales of Symphonia that had like similar clothes and blonde hair, <laughs> yeah. and that ended oh, up being bad. Oh, he, I he know were... what you're thinking of. Yeah, oh, it's oh just, my goodness, oh my why God. can't I think of his name? Uh, yeah, me neither. But like his design, the first time I saw his design, uh, that's it's instantly what popped in my head was like. Yes, I, I know. Uh, are you thinking of Mythos? Yes, Mythos. Mythos. Yes. Oh, I was like trying to think of. Who yes. That. Yes. I, I, yep, I absolutely see it. I, you know, I never thought about that until now. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's something that really clicked. What the first time I saw Zanza, it was like, Vito's that you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like an older version of him, but like, what? but even though, even in Symphonia, there was like a young version, but there was also a slightly more, uh, teenage older version at the end of it. So, yeah, like Zaza looks a lot like that ish, but more adult. <laughs> what yeah. clothes and mid length blonde hair? Olivia? <laughs> From. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Olivia oh, doesn't have wings. Yeah, Unless but he does it's, in a, later it's not game. really the same kind of design, though. It's just that uh, mm-hmm. Mitos in Tales of Symphonia had like a design that was really close with the way. Uh, oh, yeah. The stuff was. Especially like the, the sort of later version, like. It has some flowy stuff going on, a bit like Zanza, and like, you know, lines on the costume and all that stuff in a similar manner. And then so, at the end of the game, I'm sorry, go on. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I, it, it made me remember that. But yeah, going back on topic though. <laughs> but, uh. Well, I mean, we're still on topic, technically. Yeah, technically, technically we are. We're talking yeah. more design, design uh, well, way. I was going to say we could also talk about his design at the end of the game where he turns into a common Rider villain. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's that's so funny. I see it. That's so funny. <laughs> Big bad beetle. And he goes, he goes so crazy at the end of the game too. Like he's losing it because like you're beating him up, and it's like, how dare humans defeat me? <laughs> you know? How are you thing. even walking in space? And like the fact that he even like. I think he even gets mad at Alvis because Alvis is just there, like watching the scene, being like, yeah, I'll, "I'll eat popcorn in my in my corner and see who wins." <laughs> you know, I feel like Alvis is doing that. <laughs> Good shit, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, there's not all that much colors to this character though, because he's he's very much like. I'm the big villain, and you know it, kind of character. Like there's, yeah. like there's pompous. nothing like yeah. gray about him. He's just bad. <laughs> so it's like I made you, you owe everything to me. That's yeah. that's his thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's interesting because they kind of built in the explanation as to why Maynith and the Mechanis are weaker than uh, Zanza and the Bionis because Maynith made her life forms and was like these will be companions to me I have no interest in killing them which is why they're so long lived but also why the Mechanis ends up being weaker because Zanza makes life forms and goes great you exist to serve me so your existence gets reabsorbed by me so of course he's stronger and it is it doesn't have that like normal oh look power of friendship because you know, then you'd have Maynith be stronger because, yeah, she still made life, but she made life to be a companion. Yeah, she has more friends. (laughs) People (laughs) love her, whereas, like, on the Bionis, they're like, Zanza who? What? What are you talking about? Because anytime they (laughs) come up with Zanza, Zanza eats them. (laughs) Don't eat your friends. Uh, So it's actually a very important lesson about do not eat friends. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. But yes, it's a slight subversion of the anime trope of like, look, friendship wins. It's like, mm, no, mm, no. Sometimes you, <laughs> but sometimes it still it does. Don't. It still did ultimately, yeah, but only <laughs> it still does though. Homs are friends, not food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we move to the next one? Our okay, next the one likes to be friendly. Speaking of friends, <laughs> I was gonna say the <laughs> one fan of this character is gonna be excited. The one fan, <laughs> uh, Lorithia, nineties dominatrix villain. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, oh. Lorithia. Yeah, she, 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 she really likes Kalyan, and uh, yeah. I guess I can let someone else show on this one. <laughs> there's there's I nobody mean, who will say, say anything more about her than what you will say. And I yeah, just like, cry. What is there to say about her, though? Yeah. I've... Like, like this. our notes just has a bunch of question marks. <laughs> Motivations. Beauty, being beautiful? Question mark? I, I guess? She's kind of hot, maybe? Fucking I don't know. Kalian I was while Kalian is a Telethia? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? I was <laughs> guessing that it might be an eternal beauty sort of thing, except that like, what high idea do we see that isn't like, yeah, okay, still kind of hot. Like Sorian's it's, it, it's like, and even him, it's yeah, like, nah, nah, still, yeah, I'd still say, sure, why not? 
Yeah, there's really there's not much about Lorithia. Poor Lorithia, I mean, she's, really. She's I like I, I think she's okay for what she is, I guess, but like I really can't comment that much about her. Yeah, but then again, she wasn't in that lot of like I felt I feel like she was a villain that was left a bit more to decide to maybe yeah. advance some plot lines, but not like not like all that important. I don't, yeah. I don't know. She's really into doming and eugenics. I don't know what else. Yeah, I mean, but I feel I like she like, I don't she hate likes, her. I think that's... she's fine. It's just I don't really have strong feelings for her. Yeah, I think she just her. likes. Uh, she's basically that. A generic villain that kind of likes power and that gets screwed over by it, basically. <laughs> like, because I feel like she, she joined Zenza and the others just to have more power and stuff and be on their side, but then when things started to go south and she had to transform into Italia as well, like, she did not really enjoy that all that much. Although she, she didn't, didn't fuse with uh, Callian, uh, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think she did uh, enjoy that, because yeah. she did fuse with Callian, and I think that was her goal. Yeah, maybe, but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like a part of her also got screwed over by that same power weird, she was trying to pursue. Her weird but... kangaroo to Lithia fusion <laughs> thing. <laughs> look, just hanging out of here. Fusion, huh? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess we can move on to the next one, which I'm uh, I'm basically gonna pass it over to you, Bot, because it's uh, oh. it, it's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who? Who's favorite? Oh, that that <laughs> yeah, that's it's Billy. Guy. Oh, we, we could we could skip him. He's not important. Let's talk about Gato. <laughs> okay, moving on to Gato. All right. <laughs> No Alright, so Gatto is uh, Charlotte's fiance. <laughs> You're really oh, skipping your husband, though? No, let's keep talking okay, about Gatto. Originally, Charlotte's fiance. <laughs> Charlotte's fiance, Gatto. Yeah, that's right. Okay, fine. Yes, we'll talk about D- uh, Dixon very briefly, though, because uh, we have a whole episode about him. I, I will say, yeah, just yes. for the record, the episode about Dixon was actually Nick's idea, not mine. It was great. I loved it. I had so much fun. I think that was the last episode I was on. It might have been. I don't know. I've been on so many. Y'all just don't let me shut up. Anyway, Dixon. But we love um, you. We'd love Dixon. Yes. Oh, and Nick. I know nothing about this guy. I'm just here for the ride. (laughs) Uh, Dixon, again, we're just going to cover him briefly uh, because we have a whole episode. So... Uh, his for for motivation, it's just I don't know. I guess he wanted to be powerful. He he said something about wanting the strength of the god. I guess that's what he wanted. I don't know. Uh, he just kind of wanted to let things be as they were. So you know, Zanza wants an all-you-can-eat people buffet. He's for it. Why not bring back Dixon Mania? Yes, he wanted to bring back Dixon Mania. I I was trying yeah, to th- look. I've already said all I can about Hulk Hogan in relationship to Dixon. I'm sorry. I'm out of that. <laughs> it's not that I'm out of things to say about Dixon. It's that I'm out of very clearly canonical things to say about Dixon. You're at the like me talking about Dixon's erectile dysfunction level of things that I can say <laughs> about Dixon. <laughs> it's like I like my son, but this is just the way things are, and we should serve Santa. Yeah. And yeah. somehow Dunban can sense Dixon. 
That's yeah. Some, yeah. Somehow Don Don Van developed six Dixon sense, which I, I mean, I'm jealous. I smell three day old cigars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, his death is just a, an example of like son overcoming father. That motif, which occurs not super often within the whole Xenoverse, but you know, this isn't the only instance of it. Mm-hmm. And if you want more Dixon, you can. I, I spoke about him for two hours. <laughs> two hours. Aww. Two hours. Really? Didn't feel like two it. hours. <laughs> My roommate was surprised that it was only two hours, and I'm like, "Well, after that, I was out of things that are things where I can point to canon and go, here's how I came to this conclusion.' And it's just in the canon that I feel is true in my heart. I blame being <laughs> self-conscious. I blame the fact that I try to keep a certain level of um, integrity in this podcast. Well, maybe you can start your own podcast just about dicks, <laughs> the Dick Cast. Dick cast. Okay, good. But let's move on to, to Gatto for now, because again, yeah, Gatto. I, I can speak about Dixon for two hours. We don't have two hours. Let's go. No, we don't. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. As you said, that the Charlotte—that was Charlotte's fiance, and she always has Gatto on the brain, even when she's hanging out mm-hmm. with. Oh. Oh. oh god, I forgot his name. Uh, Ryan. 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 Oh Ryan? Ryan? Did you forget Ryan? Ryan. 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 I forgot you forgot Ryan time? Oh, sorry. Wow. No, that was yeah, a bit. No, like no, message you, it's it Ryan time every day. Bit. It was a bit, guys. Now it's Ryan time. <laughs> it was a bit, yeah. Bit. Just like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, don't revoke my Zeno card, please. <laughs> he underwent the brainwashing and couldn't remember Sharla, but he did remember one thing. The blow jaggy, which is an attack that he does that I can't remember what it does, but man, it had a funny name. <laughs> I'm sorry, that though she blow- said it like- that way sounds like blow jaggy is a thing related to Sharla. And that blow just makes jaggy. it even more uncomfortable. Um, I kind of wish he would yell blow jaggy when he does that attack. Blow jaggy. <laughs> Blow Jackie. That would be so cool. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. I'm afraid of. I'm personally afraid of what Blow Jaggy actually is. But I can Urban imagine Dictionary Blow Jaggy. Let's see. I imagine blow- that oh, no. like, oh, no. I can imagine that he's Blow Jaggy aside. Blow Blow Jaggy aside, his boss battle, his first boss battle, is probably one of my favorite boss battles in the game. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah because like cool. he, the environment actually is, is used in that battle. Yeah, yeah, in, well, I, I think it's it. cool, except for the fact that the NPCs in your team are too dumb at getting shot at. <laughs> like battle. I'm hiding, but they don't follow me, and they go, they go for him, and they get shot in the face. Metal Gear in an RPG. <laughs> you know what's funny? If I type in Blowjack in Google, Xenoblade comes up. I knew. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sh- I'm shocked about this, and I'm also seeing some Beyblade tops. What? <laughs> That's so weird. Oh, is there a th- Beyblade called Blowjaggy? No, but I think there's one that's named something similar because I actually missed. I never watched the show, but I messed around. With yes, the there's there's one called a High Jaggy. I think. I think that's I- right. Yeah, I remember collecting a few whenever I was younger. I didn't ever watch the show, but the tops were kind of fun. 
and such, and they had cool monster designs on them. Do you think they did a a wake at Beyblade with this thing? (laughs) That would be funny. A blowjaggy, let it rip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just like saying that, and I think that the picture for this episode should just be a close-up of Gadol's face with blowjaggy written underneath it. So, there are no entries in Urban Dictionary for blowjaggy. It's probably a drug. (laughs) It's probably the original. <laughs> anyway, <word. laughs> anyway, yeah, he was brainwashed, but somehow overcame said brainwashing in the end and remembered. Uh, I think it was Maynard that helped with that. Uh, mm. And it That's what's written in the notes, anyways. <laughs> yep, and then. They kind of rescue him, but then he kind of turns around and sacrifices himself to rescue the rest of the party. Yeah, so, pretty much. So which cool. was sad, but... It was. It was. Mm-hmm. I love how in um, our notes in the defeat section, it says, Defeat! Sharla having a new boyfriend. <laughs> like, just that immediately just made him, just causes downfall. Crushed. Oh my except, God. except she kept thinking about Gatto the entire time she was with new boyfriend. So I'm like, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's completely different. Like, I yeah, I like Ryan and Charlotte voice. as a as a couple. I know it sucks. I just do like it. I'm, I'm, th- I'm th- sorry. well. That's just it. Like I actually like them too as a couple. It just it's just un- some really unfortunate timing that it comes off like such a rebound. There's unfortunate things around it, but yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff is very unfortunate about it, but like, they kind of work together, you know. They do work, it's just unfortunate timing. (laughs) It's just so shitty that we have to deal with the fact that like, Ryan comes across as replacement goldfish. I mean, if they, I mean, same memory. I guess you, I guess you could, because they don't really, like, profess any love. So I would say maybe if a few years later, I think it would be okay if they got together. But yeah, I'm just no, I not mean, comfortable with them being together. Very right understandable. Yeah, That's personally, I think, I think I'm okay with them being together. It's just the first part of them possibly being together was really awkward. And then later in the game, it gets better. But at the same time, it's just, yeah, the timing is so, like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you remind me of Gatto. You remind me of Gatto. It's like, oh, stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that was really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore her. She says that to everyone. <laughs> All right. I, I would die uh, shall we, uh, say that or something. Shall we then move into future connected? With the psychopath well, Galgar. <laughs> no, I, I, for, well, I forgot to. Wait, 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 wait no, let Jen speak. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say we forgot. Uh, Amelia's mom, or well, her, uh, not her real mom, but her uh, adoptive mom, mother, pseudo mom, Yumea. Oh yeah, that that yeah. that villain that shows up for five minutes and then disappears. Yeah. Oh, screw her! She was like super manipulative. Yeah, she was a bad mom. And, uh, she a, yeah, she doesn't have that much screen time too. So it's a bit hard to remember. <laughs> I just thought I'd bring her up just briefly, but yeah. But yeah, <laughs> how dare you hurt Melia? 
How what kind <laughs> yeah. of Zeno podcast wouldn't remember Melia's not mom's name is Yumea? I said it was Yumea. Oh, I missed that. How dare you? Oh no, it's okay. I, don't I like didn't remember audio issues. But anyway, we can move on to Galgar. <laughs> yeah, let's move to Galgar, the, yeah. the fun, the fun psychopath of future connected. <laughs> Galgar. Galgar. When Galgar appeared, Galgar, I think. When he appeared, I had already exhausted all of my ability to believe the fact that, like, oh, if they show me a guy and he looks like he's going to be a villain, he won't actually be a villain. So I'm just like, nope, this guy's gonna be a villain. I, you can't fool me twice. <laughs> oh man, I know what Galgar reminded me of when I first saw him, and this is this is something I haven't seen in a long time. But remember that dude that always like squinty eye smiled in Bleach. He reminded me. Oh of yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He yeah. has he has I very really much like that, that kind of like uh, trope villain going yeah, on of like it, it, I, I'm, I'm the trope. fox I'm the fox villain with like the closed eyes and when I open my eyes I'm about to screw shit over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does have bad. he does have that uh, that energy about him except he's uh you know he feels he feels like he would be big but then when you fight him and you see him is tantrum you, you're like Jesus this guy is so immature <laughs> Uh, it's kind of I do, interesting how I, his oh sorry go on no go ahead go ahead do, do add on it's fine well i was gonna say i i thought his arc was interesting because he was kind of like the opposite of some of the uh, uh high entia from the first game whereas they were wanted to maintain pure blood but in, his was about maintaining like the half blood Hyantia, even though it uh kind of a shitty price to everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's also, just like, like it was basically an extreme of like uh possibly like because there's been a lot of stuff going on with the Hyantia pushing away half blood Hyantia and like you know, I feel like it became a bit of a uh extreme case of like being tired of that and wanting to do his own band of like half blood people but like he wanted to push away the pure blood which was not okay because <laughs> he's doing the same thing they were doing so yeah. yeah it's honestly it's a it's a character trope i i always hate where it's like mm. oh you were discriminated against and now you're discriminating against all the people who discriminated against you and that's bad too and i'm like yeah okay no shit but like also no shit you're angry cuz we saw the high entia who were like ew half blood's gross bad like yeah maybe he's a little you know pissed and sick of it and kind of like vindicated in seeing hey if you're pure blood you turned into a telethia and that's no good you lost your mind and started to attack the planet yeah. not the planet so that's it what makes i did sense i did he... still enjoy i still did enjoy uh the character because I, I did find him kind of funny especially with the way like the lines were delivered and stuff I, like i found it really entertaining like a bit of, a bit in a way of like how Albedo is entertaining. Like mm, it, it yeah. made me laugh it made me laugh a bit whenever he was appearing because it was so like 
extreme. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so fake. <laughs> Ex- yeah, again, it's just it's just a character trope that I personally find distasteful. Yeah, yeah I get it. Fair. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, it's unfortunate that I'm like, yeah, I do find you charismatic, and I did like you, but also it is a trope that I always, I whenever it shows up, I'm just like, it can stop. It doesn't need to be here. Stop. Well, I find it kind of interesting that that thing, like, that exists in there, because there, I feel like there's a lot of um, things that would just ignore that side of the, um, like, of the spectrum and make that into a villain, too, in a way. So I found it was kind of, like, interesting that he was there and had that such a, like, different perspective on things than than everyone in the first game, but was still, oh, he's still... Like, super extremist bad dude. Just bad for, like, with a different motivation like that. Like, opposite end of the spectrum motivation kind of thing. I mean, it's the same thing as when you have, like, things where it's just like, oh, look, here's a feminist fantasy, and you have men as slaves, and you're like, well, nobody said that. Nobody asked for this. So that's why it's a thing. Yeah, it's that, where it's like... Nobody said this, but the other side of that is that Galgar actually, within the narrative, is correct. Because when Melia goes into the um, tomb, we know that the goal of the ancient Hyentia was to dilute the bloodline because they knew about the Telethia problem. Mm-hmm. So it's just a yeah. weird... He's just a weird character where it's like, yeah, he's definitely in the wrong here, but he's not... He's wrong about yeah, how true. he's going about it, but his goal is correct, so he's just weird. Mm. Yeah, he's just very extreme because he's uh, too mad about he, what happened yeah. and stuff. He's bitter. But, yeah. He's bitter, he's angry, and he's taking it out in the wrong way. Yeah, and yeah. he ended up uh, pretty much killing himself, so yeah. Well, yeah, I thought that was such a weak scene. That was a yeah, yeah. It was, it was a was side quest, wasn't it? He wasn't just... it a side quest to finish his plot? Basically, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that it was <laughs> like it wasn't. I don't think it was even fully voiced. I think half of it might have been, if I remember correctly. <laughs> like, and then he just, just like normal that... character model like walks slowly off. <laughs> yeah, cliff. I just remember watching that, just being like, "Okay, dude." I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> okay." <laughs> it was like. Why did you K- kill yourself, bitch? K- like, uh, you? things could have turned around, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> um, it was, again, because it was supposed to demonstrate that, like, his ideals were so completely divorced from what everybody else wanted. Yeah. Where he was, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna just keep using feminism as, like, a... a thing to compare it to, but he was basically, you know, straw the, the straw feminist of Hyantia... Where what he wanted was Hyentia purebloods to be beneath the half-breeds, where everyone else is like, no, I think we should be equal, actually. So when that ideology, as represented by Melia, um, succeeded, defeated his own ideology because she punched him much harder than he could punch, he was like, well, no world for me here, goodbye, and jumped. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that was one villain of Future Connected. <laughs> Let's go with the second one. That is uh, a pile of fog. 
The Fog yes, King? Yes, the Fog King. The Fog King. That is just a creature that does not speak or really make much sense other than uh, my inner Zilsaga fan says, Oh, he's like a Gnosis thing. Okay. Oh, we, we, we helped but, with Breath of the Wild. Let's make Calamity Ganon in our game. <laughs> it does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? The music doesn't help either. That that no. definitely feels kind of like Breath of the Wild music. It's good music. Uh, yeah, Fog King was it is very, very good music. To be like, it's insanely hmm. good. So I'm a about corrupted that being. He was basically like, I'm a corrupted being in this city where all the people turn into Telatia. And like, yeah, I'm just here. Come and fight me. <laughs> it was basically it felt like the... that, really. Yeah, I said this in like whatever Future Connected episode we did, where it was basically, he's very much a thing where he's there, where it's a, maybe we'll do something with this in a potential Xenoblade 3, but also maybe we won't. Yeah, but I feel like he's just like a result of the distortion that that happened there whenever they did the reboot. At least that's my understanding. Like whenever... uh, Whenever, like, they, the they beat up Zanza and, like, the land change and stuff with the, the, the yeah. giants, like, I feel like it became a distortion there and, like, it was born out of that distortion. I, I think that's, I think that's what they tried to explain, but my, my brain's a bit fuzzy about it. <laughs> Maybe the Fog King's goal all along was just to get a really sick <laughs> orchestra and fight some cool anime dude. <laughs> It could have been. I mean, the, the real thing with Fog King is just he's a thing where it could be a sequel hook or it could not be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with that damn Telethia. Yo. At the end. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Which there a could Telethia be a thing that... to link it to X or not. Yeah. Wasn't there a Telethia, though, at the end that saved someone that sounded... No, that... The Telethia that appeared a couple of times, I think, and that saved the kid, and at the end, I think they did something else, was, I think, the Telethia of Yumea. I think they mentioned that, but I'm not entirely sure. But, what, no, not Yumea. Uh, the evil mom? Hold on. No, Yumea is Yumea. the evil mom. Well, it was Yumea, okay. Yeah. I- I'm mixing up names because, like, there's so many characters. <laughs> If but, I yeah. recall correctly, you do defeat the Telethia that was Yumea. Oh, true. As that is ultimately Tyrea's goal, because she had promised, yeah, like, yes, I will defeat yeah. you. Um, yeah, but that's, that's what be... I remember, is uh, the Telethia saved the kid, but then at some point, I think, in one of the quests, or I don't know when, you do defeat uh, the, the mom, and I think that clo- that, that does something with uh, Tyrea's story but uh, I-, I might be remembering everything wrong though it's been it's been a while my brain's already fuzzy about it's everything. fine all right talking about fuzzy brains should we move to the next topic which will probably be lead led by a uh, bot and nick <laughs> <laughs> all right then we are moving away from the first xenoblade chronicles to xenoblade chronicles x yeah yeah, and we're going to start with two characters I didn't 
have to Google it all. No, I I remember their names. Uh, Riz <laughs> and da- Dagon. Dagon. So, um, Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, right. Yes. Bebop and Rocksteady. Tell me. Yes. Bebop and Bebop and Rocksteady. What? One of them's they... a boar, and one of them's a rhinoceros. Go ahead. Yes, exactly. And um, so Jesse and James from Team Rocket, they um, they they come in and they they want to do the bad and. They work for the bad guy, and they're a team, you know, and they sick the evil robots on you, and they're bad, by the way. Um, no, they're basically, like, uh, they're your typical uh, chaotic duo. One's a big, like, hulking alien dude with strong arms, and the other is this wiry... Um, like just like this wiry um, ballerina, punk rock dancer, alien lady, and they're really chaotic. And basically, during a big ganglion invasion on New L or yeah, New LA, they come in to basically wreak havoc during that. And then later, they bring in a gigantic spaceship robot thing to kill you and get their revenge also. So they they do that kind of stuff. They're also they are like the kind of things oh like yeah they work for the ganglion all this stuff. They work which is like the big alien organization that is totally against um human survival at all. And they're the ones who don't follow orders well well but they're really strong so hey we got them on our side I guess. And that's shown by that they basically put everything into getting their revenge on you after you thwart them in New L.A. And uh, get beaten once again whenever they try to bring out their big guns and stuff. What is that giant robot spaceship thing called? It's like foes or... I cannot remember. I know what you're talking about. Like, I can visualize it because I lost against it once yeah and they were like hey do you want to make it easier because you're clearly really bad at this game here we made the fight easier you dumbass idiot baby uh but i do know you're talking about maybe it was zoo for maybe it was like zoo for i forget oh man i am having so much trouble remembering its name but most of the thing about with with riz and and dagon is that they existed to kind of obfuscate uh with uh, Celica and yeah, Celica's That's friends. Celica and Rock Why? because they're like they're thank you, Rock. Yeah. They're both like yeah. Rock is um the big guy and Celica is the the smaller one, and they're both like it's basically like Rise would be the same. It would be like the evil chaotic chaotic evil Celica and Dagon is like the chaotic evil Rock, whereas Rock is just like. Rock and Celica are like the sweetest characters in the entire game, just about. Yeah, it's a thing where it's it would have been better if they had introduced them much earlier. Such Mm -hmm. that then when you found Celica and Rock, it would have been like, oh, you're completely different, big guy, little girl pair. But as it happened, it was just like, look, we conveniently introduced an evil version of this good version of characters. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I... A reoccurring thing with uh, Xenoblade Cross is just going to be, hey, this could have been developed a lot better than it was. Yeah, and I just re- I just got the thing. It's 
Zufarg was the name of the giant um, ganglion weapons hanger that they basically took over. And that's the thing that you have... That's the giant... It looks like a mixture of... Well, at first it looks kind of just like a big... Um, like, not really spherical. Like a oblong sphere. Yeah. Like spaceship. It's got big, fat, round edges kind of on it. And then mm-hmm. later it, like, grows legs and a head-like appendage almost that shoots lasers at you and things like that. And they just... It's like, I don't... Like, this is totally something they just do of their own accord. Because they are mad. And they really don't have a lot going on other than they just, like... Love... Basically, they just love being chaotic and... Like, being part of the fight. They live for that kind of thing, it seems like. But yeah, um... They, yeah, I do recall a, I, I never a really small... I do recall a small scene where Riz uh, laments, like, I think Elma goes, hey, why don't you join against, uh, go- join with us against the Ganglion? And there's a scene where Riz is like, hey, actually, fuck you. But Dagon never really gets that sort of characterization. Dagon doesn't really say much of anything, from what I recall. Like, no. He doesn't have, a, like, I think he has a few lines, but it's mostly just like, Hulk smash kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, unlike with uh, Celica and Rock, where they both have distinct personalities, there's Riz, and also Dagon is there, too. Yeah, and they they kind of have a very one, seemingly one-note personality. Um, uh, Unfortunately. I mean, there's always things I could have missed in this, and I wish I had more to say about these two, but I honestly don't. Like, I, I was totally joking with comparing them to, like, Jesse and James or Bebop and Rocksteady because they are a duo, but there's really not a lot going on with them, which is with those other duos that I mentioned. Uh, you know, those those would have more things known about them, like both personality and motivation-wise and things like that. But, yeah, there is just a lot of... They're just an evil duo to counteract... Rock and Silica is the main thing that I get from it. And all right. That's yeah. all I got from that's them. Unless you got more to add. It. Yeah. I, I wish okay, I had more to say on that. Then let's move on to someone who's just as developed, and that is... Is it Go- Gosha? Goetia. 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 Because this person was a bit more up there in the cutscene, I, I do remember her a bit better. Uh, she is a boss twice. Yeah, exactly. I do remember her look, but uh, I don't remember much of else. <laughs> and she has a sick-ass mech, too, I gotta oh, say. Oh, yeah, true. I do like her design, but, you know, like a lot of the Xenoblade Cross villains, you just don't get enough of them. And yeah. I remember Goetia, like, you see her in a few cutscenes, so you think she's, like, super important, only for you to beat her, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's just like, I'm really strong, I'm devout to our cause, and I'm a horn of your pedigree, I suppose, according to our notes. Yeah. yeah that makes that checks out. Um I, and I wear strange little clothing. But even then it's like 
we don't get enough. We don't get to see enough of her horniness outside of her yeah, outfit. She doesn't say much like that. She's just like got this very like. I wish I could say that she was horny, but I don't see enough of it, yeah. so I can't tell you. Yeah, I'd like Lorithia, where at least you definitely know Lorithia is horny. With yes. Goetia, yeah, you're like, you know. well, her outfit's horny. Well, maybe. I mean, she seems like she could be, but she's mostly just throwing hateful insults at you that have no, like, that it's hard to kind of derive any sort of, uh, is she, is she not from kind of thing? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad because she <laughs> is a boss twice. Once on foot and the other time in that really cool mech. Uh, and Or in that really cool scale, I guess I could say it as. But I guess that wouldn't count because that I don't think that the enemy ones were really referred to as such. But anyway, it's... She doesn't have a lot to say. But there are some pretty cool scenes with her. Um... She, I believe she calls Elma a Samarian witch? Is I thought correct? she was the Samarian witch. Or she's the... Oh, I thought... No. Because they hate the Samarians. Ganglion. The whole oh. cause is against the Samarians. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure she calls then, yes. Elma a Samarian witch. And that's pretty cool. That Like, that's that's fun, at least. But, um, yeah, um, we also get that really great scene where Elma just points the gun up at her, which is yeah. the infamous scene. Yeah, the one we have uh, transformed to an evil at our server. The the big delete this from Elma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Elma she just points a gun at the screen, and this is very enjoyable. <laughs> she just really does not like people as in humans and she serves Luxar. And yeah, she And I love that her defeat in our notes is written as being worse at robots than the main cast, because that's very true. <laughs> I mean that's how I, I don't remember most of their her defeats. Being... Yeah, I don't remember her being very hard. I don't think I had any trouble beating her up, so yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. I think that her first time I had a little trouble, but the the second time... The, the I second think the first time I had overleveled, so I destroyed her in five seconds. Yeah, the second <laughs> instance of her I had no trouble with. There is like a... Like one of those time trial ones with her that was a little bit harder, though. That was that was pretty cool. But yeah, uh, we... I think that's all we got on Goetia, unfortunately. I know you yeah. can... I know, like, one thing that's funny about this game, too, that I forgot to talk about, I guess, that is not really relevant to character personality or anything, but it's funny that there are, like, material drops for every enemy, right? And a lot of them are, like, most of them are very specific um, mm-hmm. to the type of enemy you fight, and stuff with, like, these characters, like Ryzen Dagon and um, Goetia, they actually have, like, named material items in the game that I think Goetia's is like Goetia's heel or something. I don't remember for sure. Um, Rise, I, I don't remember what Rise and Dagon's were for sure, but um, I thought, but Rise, Rise did have one. I remember seeing her name in one of like the material lists. And I wish I could remember them off the top of my head, but you know what? Uh, you get the picture. 
it's kind of cool that they do that. So, just a nice little mention on that. All right. Well, I guess we can go on to Slug Margulis, a.k.a. Luxar. <laughs> I like how it's a.k.a. Luxar. It's not that his name is Luxar and he's a.k.a. Slug Margulis. It's, most of no, us know no. him as Slug Margulis. <laughs> yeah, Slug Margulis. Definitely. Luxar the Hut. Yeah. <laughs> Luxar the Hut. I- I'm sorry, when I saw Luxar, I thought of Jabba. Like... Oh, yeah, no, it makes sense. <laughs> He's got a slug face. He's got a weird brain tail thing going on, too. He's got that frog throaty thing. Yeah. (laughs) Totally not old school Dr. Robotnik looking stuff going on there, either. He is is not an attractive villain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That honestly was the thing that defeated him, that Tumblr just didn't find him hot (laughs) enough. Obsessed with the PlayStation Vita, which was his downfall. (laughs) <laughs> I always anyway. thought that was so funny How you fought the Vita in this game Bring out the Vita Why? How could you defeat the Vita? Because Sony doesn't care Anyway, yeah, uh, anyway He actually wanted to defeat the humans As they were descendants of the Samarians Samarians And yes it's kind of And he was like, I want to defeat Sam- the gods. Yeah, because the Samarians are said to have made the many races, the many hybrid races that make up the Ganglion group. And they wanted their revenge on the Samarians for, you know, you know what? I'm not exactly sure what the Samarians did to them other than maybe exile them. The Samarians made them a slave race. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sorry, I forgot. Um, (laughs) But yeah, there's... It's just... It's stuff like that. It's not really gone very in-depth into on that stuff either, but... Yeah, the Samarians did not treat them well, apparently, and the humans are like descendants of the Samarians, according to them, anyway. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. <laughs> no. And they are just like, nope, we hate them. We're going to take them out. Uh, this is our universe, not yours. We deserve it. That kind of thing. And Yeah, it's an... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I'm, d- I'm done. I was just going to say, I was just saying, I, I don't... Man, I, I'm even fumbling at this. I feel like really bad because I'm just like, oh, uh... It's it fine. Is, You're why, still remembering a there, lot more. There's than like I a do. lot of little details that that Let's, are in here that I could like really go into, and I feel like people are going to be upset with me for like, oh, oh small details. Well, don't worry, I we have know. like five we're, listeners. We're, we're fine. We're, listen, <laughs> listen. For for all the Xenoblade Cross has no story takes out there, I appreciate you bringing in details. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just here. like there are cool. Yeah, I mean, there are some cool little details, and since just, I actually have the not, sides. yeah, they're very much in the subtext of a lot of things. And yeah, I am not, you know, a human dictionary, but I, you well, know, I try. I remember there's that, some stuff I found very memorable. <laughs> well, that's that's why we're a group. I mean, did you did you have more to to add to this, Robin? 
yeah, what I was going to say is that um, basically Luxar's motivations are actually very similar to the protagonists of many Xeno games, where it's a, hey, God sucks, actually. We're going to get rid of him. Except the problem here is that the Samarians made the humans, and so the humans are basically God here. So when Luxar says we're going to get rid of God, I'm ap- apologies, there are definitely sirens in the background as I'm speaking. Fine. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, he still wants to kill God, which, yeah, that's generally your motivation in a Xeno game. But unfortunately, you're God now. And of course, as I finish yeah. speaking, the sirens go away. So that was polite of them. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Looks are alert. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we really that have all. to say about Slug Margulis, honestly. <laughs> His name's Luxar. Oh my god, be nice. Oh, uh, sorry. But yes, Luxar. Um. Yeah. I. <laughs> He seemed okay, like, you know, it's it's kind of sad. He seemed like he was going to have more going on, more interesting, but it really just kind of boiled down to the the cause. Um, and you find out some kind of interesting things about the Samarians, but it's really so vague that it's hard to parse much from, I feel like. Like a lot of that game in some places, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I always say to those, like, uh, the... The side stuff and the world building is really where it's at, but like as far as like the main plotline stuff, it'd be pretty cool if they went a little more into. It. You do find a lot out about the many ganglion races, like cultures and stuff like that, in some places, like with the prone and stuff. But you don't mm-hmm. necessarily find a lot out about the central conflict, other than we're mad because they were bad. You know, kind of stuff, it seems like. So, yeah, I, that's basically it for, for Luxor, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess we All should right, move then... to the next one? Yeah. So, oh, maybe someone else should start, because I know how to... There's God Giarg, but it's like, Gabuhide? And I don't... No, um, I'm just going to stop can, talking. So, I can go ahead and say this if you want. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so it's Gajiarg, Gobweed, mm-hmm. and the Rothians. Ah, uh, Gobweed. And uh, they are, yeah, Gobweed. She is basically the ninja cat lady. And Gajiarg is the, um, he's basically an armored Jedi <laughs> knight. Can I just say, one of the, the worst battle ever <laughs> is against them. I do not, yeah. Like, I the, the mech like battle against them was like, oh god. The one where fire rains from the sky? Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> that is not that, yeah, that is not a very fun fight. And also the on-foot one is not super fun either. I think because... mine was the on-foot one, but there was a mech, I think, in the group. No, it's a two-parter. So, it's a two-parter. Yeah, it's okay. a two-parter where you're fighting... Them on foot, and then after that, they go into their mechs. And- uh, oh, true, yeah, true. that's and been a while. The- sucked. And then, but I the remember last- having, I remember having a lot of trouble with that fight. I think that was mm. one of my 
I think that was one of the hardest fights for me personally in that game. Of course, I also feel like maybe I wasn't building right at that point in the game also. But anyway, the game it's not like the game gives you any hints on that. Nope. So they go from you basically fight Gajarg with his, his lightsaber thing and a bunch of his soldiers around him in a circle and he they fight a little more straightforward except for the soldiers will like shoot stuff at you and he'll have his sword out and then Gobweed will just be going all over the freaking place because she's a ninja <laughs> a ninja cat and her thing like personality wise she is a very like the Rothians in general are very have this very big like they're very like honorable they fight to sustain what honor they what little honor they feel like they have left because they were defeated by the ganglion and forced to join them and the ganglion actually basically took over their planet and all this stuff they were conquered by them and i think them fighting this war a lot of times against the humans is just to i mean from what they basically say is just they were defeated once they're trying to save as much face as possible in a lot of ways and eventually claw their way back up and restore their sense of honor to what it once was but whenever they but they kind of do after you beat them they basically actually end up siding with you and they are you i mean you find them to be very good allies they're very just duty bound honorable they're all about that gaji arg is actually a pretty cool dude whenever you get past just him, you know, the part where he's helping out the bad guys. Like, whenever he's on your side, he's really cool. Like, he's really, he's all dedic- super dedicated to the cause. And same with Gobweed. She doesn't have a whole lot going on other than, like, other than she's just, like, loyal. That said, they they do have really cool designs, too. They do. Right? Like, I really wanted them to join your party afterwards, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I I would totally have... Yeah, that was so I I totally would have gotten the the, the cat lady on my party. And it doesn't make any sense because they, like, they're based... They're, like, on your side in the end because it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe we can take down the group that destroyed us together now. But they don't, they just send you on quests. They don't join, they're like, nope, we're not gonna, they have such cool designs, they already have, like, uh, like, you fight them as bosses, so it's pretty clear that they have movesets and all that stuff, but, no. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of, a lot of things with that game is, like, the movesets are made, or put in the game in a way to be mismatched, or, like, mixed and matched around anyway, so I don't feel like it would have been just incredibly hard to make them characters because you could just like yeah. tack on any of the arts that are already in the game and then maybe add a bonus mm-hmm. art to each one. So I feel like uh, Xenoblade X being like the huge ambitious project that it was, it <laughs> yeah. may have fell into a we don't have time to make them character type thing with mm. all of the other characters there is already. Yeah, possible. I mean, it's a shame, but that's probably what, I mean, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. Because I feel like there was more to them that it, it would have been cool, but I feel like it may fall into one of these sad uh, things that can happen sometimes in video game making is sometimes they don't have time to make a playable character playable, and they end up being just NPCs. 
Yeah. And you know, um, like Margie's Margie and Jessica Gears. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of places in which some of the side quests expand uh, upon your knowledge of the Rothian people, but honestly, most of it ultimately tends to boil down to what basically they are. They all stick to like this code of honor type thing. They are very much yeah, space all basically... cat samurai. Exactly. Space cat samurai. <laughs> samurai pizza cats, exactly. Exactly. There were samurai pizza cats. They did it. Monolith did it. They put samurai pizza cats in their game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess that covers everything with the cat people. Uh, mm-hmm. Shall we move to the next one, which is uh, probably a much bigger chunk in terms of like development, but uh, yeah, I don't remember everything, so I'll leave that again to Robin and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeah, the next episode, or not next episode. The next, next episode. character well, the is next loud. Episode of Xeno Chat. <laughs> well, he is going to get his own episode because yeah, uh, he, from he a is. yeah from a Twitter poll, he won by quite a bit, and that is Lau. Yep. Yeah, Lau is a very interesting uh, villain in that, like. His motivations are very sympathetic. Like, you absolutely understand how he came to the conclusion he did, but functionally, he is a villain. So yeah. we're, we're just going to give him, like, a cursory, like, the, the spark notes of Lau in this, since we will go more in-depth yeah, on that at a later time. Uh-huh. Exactly, and, I mean, we know that he had, it was like, it wasn't like he was... He's not like the kind of character that he was the kind of character that was made a villain due to his circumstances, basically, and yeah. making a very bad decision. And he had people that he had known for a while that are part of the main cast that are like your allies that knew him better, like Doug and things like that. And Doug just kind of like he was friends with them, but and he knew something was up. But he never thought he would go as far as he did. Basically, he's he's definitely a tragic villain just hurt by how the government like the the human government and society in general has done him wrong and in the way of like you know basically um not basically basically letting his family die <laughs> and right. I mean, understandably right. can't get over that but causes him to betray the human race in general because he feels like he has nothing to live for in some ways, and also just because of the audacity of the humans to of like of like their race to some of the people in their race to be like that. He just kind of blames everyone for what happened to him, you know. Yeah, and in a large like, part, maybe this he world would be Elma. better off. Yeah. Like maybe we would be, we would be. He feels like, yeah, it, it's it hits hard and emotional, especially like emotionally. And there's a lot more to it. We are just kind of like condensing down what we can for now for this. Right, uh, yeah. But that is like the gist. Yeah, it's yeah. the gist of it. And like considering we do know we're gonna make a full length episode on that, I guess we could. Basically, move to the next part and just yep. leave, leave that uh, old like super huge 
chunk of information well, maybe to uh, I was just gonna get the spark Chris notes is gonna yeah. probably yeah. join the yeah. little one yeah. was there anything else you wanted to say Robin before we move on yeah, I was just gonna. The, the, the spark notes of it is that Lau was mad at how Elma and the whatever human council decided on who was going to be safe in the White Whale, and his family yeah. was not deemed amongst those who were going to be saved, and that led to his downfall. But also that this information was not publicly available was a lot of why he was like, "I'm gonna just betray the human race." But it's because he already felt betrayed. And yeah, again, sure. because we are already planning on having an episode about him, I don't want to go too much in detail. Okay. There's That's- a lot to be said about Lau, so it's just a mm. Sparknotes version of it. It is Lau felt betrayed, and so Lau felt completely justified in betraying the human race entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for more Lau. Yeah. Where we also speculate on the future of Lao based on what happens to Lao in the video game with Lao. Wow. That's right. In Lao Blade Karadas. Wow. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to overpromise. We didn't record the episode yet. No, we didn't. It's, All right. it's not like the Dixon episode where I can be like, you can listen to that literally right now. You can pause, play the whole Dixon episode, and then continue <laughs> with this episode. Just write down what I said so that we make sure to cover it, okay? <laughs> we got it in recording. I mean, how yeah. can we not have a whole episode about Lau where we don't talk about the crazy ending stuff? So, yes. It will happen. Yeah, anyway. It will happen. Anyway, Xenoblade Chronicles 2! That's enough Blitz Cross. Yeah. 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 Let's move on to Xenoblade 2 with Banna, a greedy Nuppon. So yeah, the Nuppons are villains this time. Or at least one of them is. (laughs) He wishes to obtain the Aegis and sell it on the market because he is motivated by money! Money, money. (laughs) Was that your Mr. Krabs impression? That was the best I could yes. do. <laughs> SpongeBob, me boy. SpongeBob, me Bob. He's also working with Torna to mass produce an army of artificial blades. He kidnaps Tatazo and forces him to work on uh, more artificial blades. He also plots to kill both Queen uh, Rakura. Is that how you say? I think it's Rakura. Rakura, yeah. Rakura. Rakura. Yeah. Yeah, the Queen of Uriah, all right? <laughs> and Nial of Morardain, an attempt to spark war between them. And he also funded his... Actually, it, I think that this note got it backwards. He funded his son's service organization known as the Lindworm. Uh, their goal was to take down the Morardain Empire. And yeah, he's he's actually a pretty fun villain. You see him relatively early on and... I love when they finally stop him after they beat Giga Rosa. Yeah, I I think one of my because I mean the Giga Rosa fight was a lot of oh, fun. First of all, yeah, my my favorite but, like, part of that was basically the transformation where like him yes. and the other Nopon gets into the robot and like you, you see everything turning and like they just Mui smirk Mui. with an evil smile. It's just like it was so perfect. <laughs> yes, that was actually really good. Um, but the best part about that was when you beat him and, you know, he gets arrested and they throw him into that giant treadmill. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me while I work out. Got to run on my wheel. Yeah. 
<laughs> that that's that's really funny and um they, they, he's sentenced to work in gold mouth generator room and that is just hysterical I when i saw that for the first time i started laughing like it's crazy. so great watching his tiny legs on that like trying to land it, on the bars right the wheel. yeah yeah it's it's so freaking funny i i love it so much <laughs> the money is always right <laughs> but then we also need to talk about don 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 <laughs> yeah don 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 yeah, so Don Don Don, he was he was the leader of the, my husband is Don Don Don. I mean, he uh, does yeah. have the lindworm. He's also got that, that, that big that was, ass boss. In the Husbando episode, you named Don 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 as your Husbando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got the little hat. It's it's cute. What can I say? <laughs> like, don't try to backtrack but, this. You already declared him your Husbando. <laughs> he's my Husbando. Don Don, there you go. People who want to draw fan art, draw me and Don Don Don. There you go. Um, <laughs> you just challenge you turn out to do it. Um, I do really like that side quest where you where you meet him and you go into his hideout and it's like covered in smoke. It, it's brilliant. And then you fight that boss and you he he gets he gets arrested too and he is also thrown into the giant hamster wheel. So him and his son can have a lovely father-son bonding moment that lasts forever. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Just remember this, Don 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 fucks. It's such a cartoon <laughs> like thing to happen. Yeah, it's so ridiculous, but I love it. I, love I it am one hundred percent for it. <laughs> it's a great ending. For yeah, that, for him. it's equally a thing where. Like, starting if villain. you're a person who comes to... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I said, I just said it's a great ending for a starting villain kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was that, like, if you're into Xeno for, like, oh, man, this is the mature RPG for the mature people, you're definitely going to be disappointed by this. Hey, they can be disappointed. I'm, I'm sitting here loving it. <laughs> More oh, for me. Absolutely. No, like, that's fine. I'm just saying that, like, this is definitely going to be an ending where you go, um, excuse me, this isn't the Xeno I signed up for. <laughs> this isn't my Xenoblade. My Xenoblade was mature, not like that My Xenoblade didn't crap. have any anime. It wasn't advertised as having 20 minutes of anime. I can't believe my Xenoblade didn't have that scene where they kick Riki around like a volleyball or soccer ball or whatever <laughs> made oh fun gosh. of ryan speaking nah, of other I mean, scenes both, I other like, villains i feel like both Xenoblades capture this similar vibe where they balance like this this goofy tone of like slice of life anime shenanigans against a much more serious story going on in the background and uh, Zeno, and of course, like with with some definitely more toony subplots, also. Uh, but you know that's part of it. Like, like I, I feel like it still fits the whole vibe of the series very well, and I like it. It's fun. No, I agree. It it has its serious moments with its silly moments. Yeah. Well, like moving on to another, another character, always though, just be killing also. God and stuff, you know. <laughs> well, speaking of another like, character. yeah, another speaking of Saturday morning cartoon characters, here's uh, Dougal. The uh, I try to remember who that is. I forgot. Dougal, he, curly mustache man. Oh, Dougal. That... Sorry, 
Yeah. Curly mustache man. Oh, he was yeah, working. He's got pink hair along. too. Okay, okay, yeah, I remember yeah. now. I remember now. I just had a flash. Mm. Yes. <laughs> just he's there just for a little moment and then he disappears forever. So my brain went like, "Oh, who's this guy again?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's that politician from Morardane working in Torygroth, and he wanted more power. His motivation: power. Goal, political power. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he, he just wants money just like Bana, and so he can have more power. More power. But yeah, he, he's just, yeah, he's just a Saturday morning cartoon, and eventually he gets defeated because, you know, Rex doesn't like his face. Yeah. Or anybody he for that a robot, matter. Some robots and some soldiers on you, and you beat them, and then you pants him, and he runs off crying, and that's about it. <laughs> Or the exaggerated I mean, way that is he practically the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he also does not treat blades very well at all. He treats them as tools. No, no, he doesn't. No, really, really not. No, he. Was you know, I almost like, forgot oh. about Doug Hole. To be honest, like nobody mentions him. Is there a Doug Hole fan base out there? You know who's more? I doubt it. However, he is mentioned. He is mentioned within the canon because it is described that, like, actually he was very good at the politician aspect of being a politician. I think I remember so that. Yeah, it yeah, is, that. Yeah, like, the, the, the people are, in a sense, suffering from his absence after Rex and, and Fam de- defeat him. Because he was actually a very effective politician. He did fill out paperwork. He did the things you want a politician to do. He was just a jackass. Mm-hmm. And you have to find a lot of that out through just like NPC dialogue. <laughs> yeah, and so which I mean, aren't well, all unfortunate is also like if we're gonna if we're not gonna fault uh, Xenoblade Cross for that, we can't fault Xenoblade Two for that. That's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we have so it depends on what you have to work with, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of times where there's a lot of subtext just hidden in NPC dialogue, so. And I'm not. I'm not saying that like to fault a... it. I'm just saying that's why you might have missed it. Don't don't give me the wrong yeah. way there. Mm-hmm. No, I I, like, I feel that it's actually almost better for it because it's like, hey, if you don't want this content, it's not here. If you're the type of person who's going to, you know, at regular intervals talk to every NPC, then you will get rewarded for that. You are going to get a little bit more background. You are going to get missions that are basically like. Hey, Dougal's not here, and he actually was a fairly effective politician, so we need that again in Torigoth. It's it's effective, like it's good. It rewards you for wanting more story. It gives you more story, and if you didn't want that story, it doesn't shove it at you. Yeah. I yeah. do like that. Do you like that? Now, someone is going to have to remind me who this next villain is, because I don't remember based off the name alone. Oh my god. You're Same. lying, right? Patrick? You're lying, right? You, you don't... Uh, what? You, 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 don't you forgot for, him? You, don't for, you forgot him? <laughs> oh. I think I did too. You think you could take him? I remember Podrick better than I remember Dugal, dude. Isn't that <laughs> oh, shit. all, all that's the, the, that's the, the captain? That the is meme? the captain. Yes. That's one. Of, yeah. He's one of the main captains of the Morardanian soldiers. He's the one with the 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 funny tall helmet. 
I mean, they all have funny, funny tall helmets. With, that the, with the taller help. helmet. The, the tallest helmet. The, the, one, the tallest helmet. He has the tallest helmet. <laughs> he says the most not forgetting lines. I thought they all kind of said that. My they bad. do all say that. They, they do. do all say that. <laughs> he's just the only one that stands it's... out at all because he has a tall oh, okay. He's the only one who has a name. Yeah. Oh. It's funny how people still, like, reference that meme, even though, like, they changed. patched that out a long time ago. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> Never it was forget. better whenever it wasn't patched out. Never forget the <laughs> don't forget me meme. <laughs> See, that's the thing, is, like, everybody posts just, like, pictures of Padraig, so you tend to forget that there's a lot of the Ardanian soldiers have normal-sized helmets, and his is the one that's, like, the taller one. Like, only the captains have the taller ones. So, But, yeah, like, he blends in with a lot. So it's, I just thought it would be good to add him, because it's fun. But now we can move on to the big guns. And by that, I mean Padraig again. I'm kidding. <laughs> no Malos everyone's favorite asshole <laughs> he was born hating humans and decided to destroy the world cause yeah I don't blame him for that <laughs> after losing a chunk of his power and meeting Jin he calmed down a bit but still sought to destroy the world and then well a lot of that hate is generated from his driver, uh, Amalthus, but... Yeah, exactly. That's correct. Uh, but I guess we'll get to Amalthus a bit later, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I rearranged the... the order of villains in terms of when you meet them. Oh, no, that, that's fine. I just thought I'd bring it up. Because even after you defeat Amalthus, he's just like, yeah, I'm still gonna kill... Hmm. kill everyone. He's... The Malos. I'll have more to say Chad, about that. The high school Chad football team captain that hates the rest of the world. His underlings in his high school. Uh, and I, yeah, Malos yeah. is a really good, is a really well done villain. Like I just like you don't. It doesn't feel like we see many villains that put off the kind of like vibes that Malos does, and yeah. I love. That yeah, that's this. true. He's just a fun villain. He's very honestly. fun. He like, is. His motivation is, I mean, it's pretty easy to get. He gets a lot of it from Amalthus, you yeah. know, but... I learned just... it from watching you, Dad! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did like his atmosphere, too, as a villain. Like, he has a really uh, fun personality as a villain, and, like, just... Just in general, like, he tends to be a bit playful with, like, the party and stuff. Being like, oh, like, you're gonna... Like, you almost have this energy from Jojo. Like, oh, you're gonna come at me? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like Dio. <laughs> right, right. Like, he feels kind of amused about it. <laughs> yeah. He, he's just very self-righteous and very, like, cocky and... <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. It's, but I, I do, I do like that because it's not the type of uh, villain that we see quite that often. Like he has a very, like, yeah. like in a way, he has a very unique uh, personality that we don't see oh, super agree. often. Like in in video games media, anyways. Like I don't feel like it's a personality we see that often. So I thought it was really refreshing, mm -hmm. and it was also very fun too. Yeah, to I, watch I, and stuff. 
I definitely feel like that too. I mean, I, I really like his kid. He just stands out so well, and like he totally had plays the villain role well, but in just a a different way than I think I ever expected from a game like this, or from like a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, for sure. You get all these villains that are like, oh, they're going for, they're either malicious, flamboyant, evil kind of thing, and just like have this ridiculous kind of demeanor that the world, rest of the world doesn't accept and agree with them, or you have like a lot of these high, mi- very high-minded seeing villains. And I'm not saying that he's not like a high-minded villain. He does have some rather high-minded thoughts about things, of course, but it's just his demeanor is very different from one of those kinds of villains, and yeah. it's very refreshing, to say the least. Mm-hmm. It is. It's also, like, interesting to see a Nintendo villain swear like him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, when he called Rex a little shit, I was like, oh, well, am, am I playing a Nintendo game? Damn! <laughs> I, I will say... Also, I he... should note, I, Sorry. I posted in the episode prep channel, I should note that there is a Know Your Meme page for Malos the Tank Engine. <laughs> what? Oh. I'm distressed. I'm upset. <laughs> Are you I'm horrified. I'm Would confused. you say you're mildly concerned? Is it? I'm <laughs> mildly <laughs> concerned. If anyone's seen the face at meme with Malos. <laughs> oh, that is so good. That's one of the those. Xenoblade 2 memes. That's really, it really is. <laughs> Mild concern. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say... Was... Oh, no, go on. Uh, okay, I'll do that. Uh, as a person with depression who occasionally like gets into fits where it's just like, I'm going to justify what I think no matter what, at the end of the game where like Rex is trying to explain like here are all the ways you're wrong Malos and Malos is like nope here I've re-justified what you said to just reaffirm what I've said like that just hits really hard <laughs> like it, it, it is a very different feel when you're a person who is like very used to your self-destructive thoughts being able to reform themselves into a affirming way for whatever people say where it's like hey actually you're wrong you're like nope nope i've actually rebuilt my thought theory into i'm right actually so it's it's interesting and i think that's why malo sticks out for villains that he just has a a whole means where it's it hits very close to home in a way that's like yuriev going actually got scary I don't understand what the fuck you're saying, Yuriev. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand your motivations. It doesn't. Malos going, I've come up with a thousand different ways in which I'm wrong and you need to defeat me. That does hate you when you have depression. Yeah. I can can only imagine, really. But, yeah. That said, he is Because even when Rex is yelling about... He is really good at at, at he, twisting that yeah, stuff. He, he's to, good like, at saying that he's right. Ideals. Yeah, he's and he's exactly. got. It doesn't help um, as far as like things um, against him. It doesn't help just how fucking confident this dude is. Like he pulls it off. 
in a lot of ways, would just like, um, maybe I'm not the cool kid if I don't believe what he's saying. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. If that makes it, sense. It really hits different when, like, because at the end where Rex is going like, see, here's how you're wrong, I've explained it, and, Re- and then Malice just recontextualizes what Rex says, and he's like, no, you're right, I'm a terrible scum and you need to defeat me. It's it's just very interesting. I don't. I obviously don't know if any of our other listeners also have the depression, but hey, I'm sure you can understand what I'm talking about. Where it's just your brain worms have managed to reconfigure everything, so it's you're always wrong. Exactly. Hmm. I hadn't thought about it in that context. Very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Are we Sorry ready to move on to silence. I was taking Malice's... a bit of water. <laughs> oh, you're fine. All right, so let's. But uh, anyways, yeah. uh, back on back on Jin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know some people like to compare him to Sephiroth. Sephiroth. But, uh, <laughs> designed by the same guy. No. <sighs> Initially, wanted to protect the world. He grew bitter after eating Laura. He hated, I know, massive spoilers for Torna. <laughs> and Xenoblade 2. Yeah. He hated the architect for mar- for making a world where blades were so dependent <laughs> on drivers and wished to destroy it. It wasn't exactly a trip to Flavortown. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> the, the whole, like, eating Laura part is, like, kind of very vague because i think he just eats uh her heart or something yeah, because that's what it, mm-hmm. yeah her body is still kind of there because he does freeze her body to keep her close which might be a bit creepy but you know <laughs> at the same time i think he had maybe uh, hopes of maybe bringing her back through some means in the future, but yeah, it did they not never really, really say like what he ate of her because they, they say she that it's pretty her heart good condition that's in his chest. Yeah, exactly. It's her that's heart. The, yeah, but like thing. it's it's weird because like when the, when they yeah, show Laura uh, frozen, she looks like she's in decent condition. Yeah, that's what yeah, he but I mean her shirt. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, like they they might have uh, you know reconstructed the part of clothing that was uh, destroyed there. To, to, to they better, just cover it up to better waiting, preserve it. I've been waiting five hundred years for this heart transplant. <laughs> like they they do say it's her heart that's beating in his chest. But yeah, yeah. that's what I was mm. pretty sure of. Yes. But the yeah. a more simple solution is probably uh uh. Uh, they didn't want to show uh, gory bits, and they just took the model and put it into ice. There we go. It does a job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Xenoblade, Xenoblade 2 is rated teen, I think, yes. so they're yeah. probably not gonna... You don't want blood they're probably not gonna be too explicit with things. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, it, it is funny uh, <laughs> that they're like, yeah, you know, he took her... They implied that he took her heart, and like, you see her in a crystal, and she's... In, Pretty decent shape, yeah. at least from what we say. But I maintain that if somebody like ripped out your heart and then just put a shirt over you, you would also look fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> yeah, 
not anyway magic i mean uh net, <laughs> not not magic um super future technology magic but yeah xenoblade shenanigans let's just keep it at that <laughs> but yeah basically Jin just like Jin and laura were fighting together in torna and uh like stuff happened uh laura got hurt protecting Jin because she didn't want him to get hurt but like because of that, she was basically dying, but to stay together forever. Like, she, I think, I don't remember if it was, it was Jin or it was, her that proposed this idea. I think it was Jin, because I think he read somewhere Jim. that it was a possibility to do so. He yeah, also Jin didn't want to lose his memories Jim. of her. Yeah. He also didn't want to lose his memories of her because she was like the one who made him who he was. Laura yeah. was very like confident and like lo- loving like caring and such and Jen was very kind of like soft spoken and yeah he felt helpless without her he didn't want to and he loved her and he didn't want to forget her yeah and, and at the same time that. Laura also didn't want the memories to go away and exactly stuff, so neither of them she wanted, wanted him yeah, to yeah, carry out the like, memories the most painful yeah because he would forget them the if best. he reverted back to a like a crystal driver, crystal yeah, yeah. Or a blade crystal. I mean, not to drive her crystal. But yeah, afterwards he pretty much went crazy and just destroyed everything that was around there. And then he met Malos, his so good old body. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, they went into a quest to destroy the world and the humans to uh, stop stop the cycle of like basically the, the blades being always abandoned on human stuff what? because it sucks. <laughs> One day he called up Malos and was like, I know we fought before, but you know I'm having second thoughts. Where do I go from here? Laura's gone. You know, that... Don't know what to do. It, it kind of was. It was it, it was Jin basically going like, I hate the fact that I have this dependency on this human in a way that humans don't have dependency on other humans. Which isn't actually true. Humans do have dependency on other humans, mm-hmm. but it. Mm-hmm. Came off you like also that. aren't reborn ever with go- like with the vague knowledge of people knowing you, but also not knowing you. Yeah. So it was Jin going like, "I can't stand to be in this cycle, but also I have been saddled with this burden of I have to eternally remember Laura." It's basically like the the plight of immortality kind of thing going on a little bit. Just like... Yeah, it's it's that with, like... Because Laura says to Jin that the most painful thing to a human is to be forgotten. So he's like, I can't forget you. I have to remember you forever. Yeah. Because that would be a fate worse than death otherwise. But yeah, it's It's an interesting thing. I guess we could speak about his defeat. Uh, basically, he sacrificed himself to stop the Maltus, and like I believe it was because of his uh, his other form that was taking too much power out of him, and then eventually, like at the end of the fight, he just disappeared. I think that's what happened. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, he sacrifices himself to stop a Maltus. Yeah. Yeah. That said, I did really enjoy Jim, mostly because uh. Jin's a great character. It's because we see, yeah. like, we see the whole Torna arc, but like even during the main story, like 
we see him kind of in the bad side at first, but then you see that there's more to it whenever you you have him like temporary with you in the, the sort of like city land thing. of Morthia. Oh, uh, yeah, land of Mortha. Yeah, like Mortha. whenever you're over there, like like you see a lot of little cutscenes and stuff that shows that there's more to this character than what shows on the surface, and on top of that, like, you can tell that the guy is just... he's just done with stuff, and he's just hurt, you know? So, like, in a way, I could, like... I was not able to hate him for anything he did, because I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I kind of understand where he comes from, in a way, so it was just like... I, I just wanted to know more about the character just because he was so well-written and stuff. And plus, yeah. he was a pretty boy, so yeah, my motivation there was really high on trying to know him more, but yeah. <laughs> I think he was a very interesting and relatable character in a lot of ways, because of what oh, yeah. what he went through, and just like trying to think of like, what would you do if you had, if you went through this, especially if you weren't like, I'm not saying he wasn't like, like he was kind of stoic of course, but I, I do feel like he was like he was soft-spoken, and he had like this dependency yeah, it's on Laura just he was being soft. there in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's- it's more that he yeah. was a bit soft spoken whenever he was with Laura. Like, and so he, he was the kind that was often more to the side, observing others yeah. and like talking when the need to talk was there. But like, he was not like he was not like always out there. But like, he was there when you needed him. Basically. It kind of felt like he was like he was good at what he did, but he was not like. A leader. He needed someone to take after, and so he. That that's. I feel like yeah. It was easy to. It was a lot easier to go to the like whenever his mentality was in the state to go and join Malos. Um, yeah. You know, then it was to just go on doing his own thing. Yeah, Jen is a big character, man. Like, ugh, it has so much about him, but that's what make him like so lovable as a character. Because there's just so many colors about him and stuff. He also has a great single player mode where you get to go on like this revenge oh. trip and kill a guy. Oh, oh I, man, I, I yes. played that so oh. many times. Oh man, like his combos are freaking good. Where he says oh, really edgy shit while just like destroying hundreds of people, like um, Dynasty Warrior style or something. Yeah, that that mission was fun. It's pretty fun. Alright. Uh, I guess we should move maybe to the next one. Unless someone want to add something. I think we covered more or less everything about Jin. I mean, yeah, I got Jin could get an episode someday. We could yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's why totally. like, I'm, I'm kind of... I think we now. went over the general stuff. About oh, him, absolutely, so. yes. But yeah. Oh, uh, the next one on the list is... Another pretty boy, Akos, which is uh, aka Fantasy HP, <laughs> because he looks. I mean, he looks and acts so much like HP. It's just oh god. <laughs> HP from Xenoblade X. Yep. Herbert yep. Whistle. So, uh, yes, motivation is to kill God and follow Jin, and yeah, but overall, like. His character is still very interesting. Like whenever he shows up, like you know, you know, you're in for a good time because the guy is like 
his personality is pretty fun too, and uh, he's got. He's this... also. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say he's got this smooth, fun, cocky attitude towards everything <laughs> that is honestly is really a lot like HB's, but like in villain form and with a little bit more. Um, like HB is a lot more proper. I feel like Akos, at least in yeah, at least as they he was portrayed in the English dub, especially. Was... I don't feel bad for him about his flight though that he had like. Uh, oh, you mean yeah? Uh, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> uh, but the the, 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 the sort like of pretty yeah yeah that one that one that was predicting uh. That was able to see some information from afar, I think, or something like that. But, anyways, like that one, that one play was really pretty. And at the same time, it was like I felt a bit like sad for him that he lost her because she was pretty cool. And like, I don't think he deserved to to do that to to get this fate, even though he was a villain, to to lose a friend he was close to. So. I think it was a little sad, but oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, her name was Obrona. Sorry. Obrona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I'm not exactly sure, like, what to add about Akos, because he's very much, like, he's very much like the Team Rocket build, like, appearing out of nowhere, being like, ha, I'm gonna beat you this time. Yeah. <laughs> he feels very much like that, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's got a, he is a, he's not, I mean, like, there's not just a whole lot that we're told about him, it feels like, but uh, he, his personality definitely stands out when he comes in. Just oh, yeah. Like, how like I said. And like, just like with how cheeky and snarky and all that stuff he is. Oh, yeah. When he comes in, you know you're in for a good time. You know you're going to be entertained. Like, it's, it's really great. Yeah. <laughs> And apparently he's the brother of Petroka. Yep, he is. Like he is. He weird does, little... They do mention that. Yeah, yeah, I guess we could go into Petroka before Mikal, because I, I think I feel like it makes more sense. Uh, yeah, Petroka is a co sister. Uh, they were both found by Jin, I believe. Uh, I, it's a bit unclear though. Like, were they trans being transferred as blades somewhere else, or were they fleeing and Jin found them then? Like. I I've not like I'm not fully sure. Like I do remember the cutscene, but I don't remember the where they were and what they were at the time. <laughs> I I feel like they, they were, were trying to idolize. Uh, at that point, they were flesh eaters. Yeah, flesh eaters. Oh okay. Yeah, they were they were flesh eaters. But I, I mean the. Uh, like the, the the circumstance in which Jin found them, like uh, I'm trying to remember if they were fleeing or if they were like yeah being they were carried. fleeing. Oh, okay, and he did find the, find them as they were fleeing. That's pretty much it. Petroka yeah. seems like the kind of hard ass I would be if I had to deal with a brother like Akos all the time. So I <laughs> completely get it. Well, yeah, Petroka okay. is your uh, well to clarify typical. Yes. Yes. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go ahead, Tyler. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just okay. I was gonna say be because um, I just kind of double checked because um, they were blades of two siblings, and then when their uh, drivers died, they ate their blades, 
which uh, Akos views them as siblings, but I guess Matroka doesn't really think of them as such. Ah, I see. Yeah, but then again, Petroka is also very uh, tenderi. Like, extremely tenderi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, she does not show her real feeling at all outside, and she always looks like kind of stoic and rough, like, the way, like, and very blunt, too. Like, she does not, like, she does not really, like, mince her word whenever she's talking either most of the time, but at the same time, you can tell that underneath that, underneath that, she does care very much for Akos and also Mikael. It's just that she does not really show it outside all that much. Like, she's often kind of mean to them, but at the same time, it's within, like, th- this type of character that's like, oh, I'm mean outside, but like, I'm actually I'm actually a good being inside, you know? It's just... Of course, she's with the villains, but it's also because she's following the same goals as them. Uh, the villains are... Yeah, yeah that, that part of the villains, I feel, is pretty grayscale in a lot of ways, especially... Yeah. Yeah, because they're not bad people. They just went through bad stuff and like mm-hmm. ended up having to go through some extreme measures because of the scale at which their opponent is at like their opponent basically has power over everything so how do you fight that you basically go to extreme measures <laughs> you don't really have a mm-hmm. choice there but yeah to to continue with this gang i guess we could jump into mikhail unless someone else wanna no, add something to petroca Alright, let's move on to the other pretty boy. <laughs> Who went from uh, a qu- small, quiet child to a womanizer 500 years later somehow. Small, quiet child yeah. with a British accent to a womanizer <laughs> with an American accent. Which, well, I mean, that can that can make sense, you know. I mean, it can happen, like... Depending on what you like, grow up, for example, you if, if you're someone that changed, like, region stuff and you start getting used to hear a new accent you will eventually pick it up so yeah. I, I think it, it could make sense but overall with the game making I'm pretty sure it's just it was just a matter of like oh this person is the only person we have that can do a child so we're gonna take this person but they have a different accent but you know it's fine <laughs> this was but in 500 kid. years in 500 years, with everything that went through, like, I can see why a character could change drastically. I mean, when oh, you're yeah, a child, yeah, yeah. you're just you're just an innocent child. You're not, like, oh, yeah. your teenager or adult form, so. Yeah. That's it. I do, I do find it really fun. Whenever he appears, like, I do find it really fun. Like, yeah. he's, like, I, like he's, like, this super happy villain that's, like, Oh yeah, let's steal, you know? Let's steal, man. <laughs> Remember this like, kid? You won't believe what he looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he has pretty much the same goals as the others, but that said, uh, he does have a bit more of a backstory with Jin, since uh, as a small kid, he was with the... He was along with the, with the group of the Flora group, yeah. and, and Co. Yeah. It's just... Uh, that's another thing, though, that's a bit unclear is the when uh, was he experienced on to become a flesh eater? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See, like, I think I think they kind of show a small cutscene or, or something, but it's like so small that it's a bit hard to grasp everything that's going on. But yeah. I think that Mikael... Oh, sorry. 
No, go on. I was just going to say, I think that Mikkel is, like, interesting, uh, personality-wise. It's just, it kind of goes to show, is, like, over the years, what... And he had been through a lot, uh, as, yeah. as shown in, like, Torna and everything. And even since then, it would make sense that he would follow Jin, of course, after all the bad things that happened to them in the course of Torna. But also, yeah. just, it's interesting that uh, seeing a character where it's like, oh... The way he basically deals with this is just to be kind of like fun and goofy and also kind of be a womanizer. But <laughs> in a way, I think I think the fun and goofy part is... Uh, I think it's like it a coping be, thing. Yeah, I, it could be a coping, Partially. but also trying to be a bit like uh, his best friend that he lost in the war. Like with the, you know, the, the events of Thorna, rather. Yeah. Like he lost his best friend there, that was like, oh yeah, like Mil- always, Mil- pretty much just yeah. like happy go lucky mm. yeah. <laughs> type character. So I feel like maybe over time he tried to become a bit more like him. That's but like I can, think so too in a way. But you can tell that the guy, like for example, in some scenes uh, near the end, uh, you can tell that he's hurt inside. It's just he doesn't really show it outside. He, he tries to be happy outside. Yeah. So uh, at least it's a feeling I get from him. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of my head canon for him too. Is um him kind of taking a, a like a bit personality wise from the people he lost, grew up admiring, admiring and like lost. Especially his friend that I forgot the name of, but <laughs> you mean like Milton, you mean Milton, right? Yeah, Milton. Yeah. Milton. Okay. Yeah. As I was like, you do mean Milton, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that way too. And so I guess that could unless someone wanna add something about Mikkel, I guess this would make us go into the big big baddie of Zillaway too. Mm. <laughs> yes, a Malthus. Malthus is complex though. <laughs> Very complex. Yeah, his hate inspired the hate in Malos. Mm-hmm. Which kind of he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. All the hate stems from him because of how humans treated him and his family over the years. And well, they killed his mother, so that was that was a really rough scene. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I said I do wish that some of his cutscenes were a bit more detailed sometimes because like I remember I was having trouble to grasp like all the colors of the character kind of because everything was so short and so quick shown and a lot of them were quite like silent and just like yeah exactly it was a lot of show not tell in a lot of those yeah exactly and I often have more trouble like understanding everything that's going on if it's not flat out told to me at least so. as far as his background stuff i i appreciate that in a lot of ways but yeah it would have been nice to see a little bit more in some ways too i feel like um, um i feel like he well i think we got a decent amount about him oh but yeah, yeah we got also, a decent yeah. amount it's just the way it was presented could have been a lot better to understand him even better is the point i'm trying to get at but yeah. Well, there was there was also the scene later on where he helps someone out, um, like a human out, and then they yeah. ended up killing 
some other people and yeah, yeah and that, that just, did destroy some of his Spain humanity. His faith, much. yeah. I yeah, think he lost a lot of faith in humanity. Yeah, Go a lot on. of him seeing that that stuff in his past, like definitely gave him like a sense of that. Yeah, this is basically all I was I was thinking about. It, but I was trying to remember like a very specific thing, and I'm it's not coming to mind at the moment. So go on. <laughs> well, and then he also climbed the world tree in order to like basically ask the architect why people are bad, and you didn't really get much of a response from the architect. Yeah, but he did get the core crystal, though. He, yes, he did. Yeah, Mitra did not react to him, but Malos did. And, uh, yeah, like, Cat wrote on our marvelous document, like, Malos basically reacted to the darkness in Amalto's heart. Mm-hmm. And Mitra didn't. It may have been because Malos was more neutral and curious entity. But with his malice, uh, Malos became very, very dangerous. And like, actually, so like with Amalthus, like because of how early it was in his life that he like he lost his his mom and got revenge on the men that killed her and things like that. I think it led to a lot of things. But I think also just like I was I was reminding myself a little bit, but like years later. Just his time when he was a quester, a quester, or quester. I don't know how you say it again. I forgot. For Indeline. Um, he was in a lot of, uh, like, warlike situations. And just seeing, like, helping refugees and things like that. And just seeing the things that people were capable during that time in his life. Mm-hmm. Really, I can see how that led to him having the mindset that he did in the first place. And being, you know where he was at with all of that. Yeah. It it's really yeah. especially with like how early that all started in life really drives home his motivations and his yeah, he's... opinion of people and everything like that. Yeah, he really saw the the ugly side of humanity firsthand. Yeah. It, it's like a it's kind of like a, it's it's basically, he has like a, I don't know if that would be like a form of PTSD or what, you know, it, it's definitely affected him in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the tragedies that, you know, mankind caused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, something else that kept wrote at the end of Torna, Prince Zetar uh, is sent the throne and goes to establish Dental. Five hundred years later, the society establish is almost entirely under Amalthus' control behind the scene. But it's true that Amalthus, like, <laughs> it's all like to Amalthus has a lot of threads all over the place. Like, he, he controls a lot of parties under behind the scenes and like. Yeah, <laughs> it's just he get he gosh. works to get himself in that position where he can do that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But also, even with thing with the blades, like how he uh, he does his thingmaging with blades, where he tries to uh, 
what's the word? <laughs> he tries to basically like he does a shiny thing, I think, over the the blade crystals, make sure they're pure or something. But, oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But, but like, uh, you know, near the end of the game when he goes like, "Oh, I have the power to control all the blades in the and all the blades and the even the titans." Like, it was kind of crazy. Had he had been able to construct enough power to do all of that, <laughs> it was like. Whoa, the guy's on a power trip, man. <laughs> yeah, and he also wrestled away power from oh, what Blue Sellers. That's all I remember him. Uh, Blue what is Sellers, that guy's name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes. You mean the the sort of uh, you know alien looking other Basically, blue thing that was in a lab with wait, him? It was, um, <laughs> Isn't this guy? <laughs> basically the basically the Pope before before Amalthus. <laughs> the Pope before Amalthus. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, there was a guy before him. God. But yeah. I think we did speak a bit of, um, about his motivation being the fact that, you know, you saw so much like how humans were People. too cruel and stuff and ugly and like he just mm-hmm. kind of snapped. People me yeah. no likey. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he basically gained power, like, um, within the Praetorium, basically to. To be able to know, control more things. To, to yeah. Control things to more possibilities of, I guess, destroying humanity. But yeah, he was he was passive, like he was more passive aggressive, but also like I feel like his thing of control was also to try and control humanity or something rather than destroy it, but like his hate for humanity made Mallows want to destroy it though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. Oof. <laughs> that said at the end when he was snapping even more because the group was going against him and like he was pretty much against a wall into a corner. He mm-hmm. pretty much tried to kill all of everything, like himself, with that whole power trip of like, I'm gonna control all the blade and the titans to all crash together, you know? <laughs> so, because I do remember the titans were all coming to- toward the center and then, like, they could have, you know, crashed and stuff because he undid the balance and stuff. But yeah. And then Jin saved the day. Yeah. Jin saved the day with his troop along with the main group. Like they, they they I think it was cool though that they did collaborate in that part to go against him. Like I think that was really cool. But afterwards yeah. they still had to go all the way to the top of the world tree to the architect and then, you know, continue fighting stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Amalthus is definitely an interesting character that definitely warrants his own episode as well. Oh yeah, Maybe. for sure. Like there, mm-hmm. There's just so much about him. And definitely we would need Cat on that episode because Cat is like the pro about Amalthus. Cat <laughs> knows a lot about Amalthus yes. and is able to piece together all the pieces. Like The thing with me is that I do remember a lot of pieces 
But things were shown in such a way in the game that was like kind of a bit in disorder that Nightbreed is having mm-hmm. trouble like putting them all together in the right order. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember parts. I'm like, wait, there was something about this, but like, I, I find I find it's a bit harder to remember parts because of the way it was presented. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I think overall it's pretty much the gist of it about the Maltus and yeah he is a very interesting character and definitely could have his own his own episode because mm-hmm. oof, there's a lot of color about that character lots of it besides the color blue <laughs> besides the color blue <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay uh. so I guess you could go into uh, oh yeah uh, the last villain on our list well, there was another one added by uh, Robin, but I'm not quite sure what that is. No, but, uh, that was me. That was me. Oh, that was oh. that was you. I thought it was Robin. <laughs> yes. Oh, my bad. Don't worry about. All right, it. so don't worry about that one. That's just a bonus. Okay, so all right, so let's get to one of my least favorite villains. Oh yeah, Gort. Pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, well, like what? What really? angers me about Gort is that he could have been really good. Right, yes. He honestly could have been really, really good. He could have been one of the better villains on this list. But it's like, we just don't get enough of him. I always say that, like, Torna uh, should have had one more Gort fight before mm-hmm. you fought Malos. Like, if they had given us just one more fight with him before Malos, that would have made Torna so much better. But, like, I dislike Gort so much that his final fight actually made me dislike Torna for a while. I was so upset at that final fight with him because there's like they act like there's all this build up with him that just isn't there. You see him early on and it, it's interesting, right? Yeah. Like I, I like that uh he has a, he has somewhat of a relationship with Laura. So there's like that grudge there, but you don't get to see enough of that for the fight with him to really mean much and that sucked especially considering like the final battle with him they have a remix of the power of Jin, which is a really good song and it's absolutely wasted on what was otherwise a pretty silly fight yeah. i was very upset about well, that let's back up a little bit so gore okay uh, <laughs> no it's fine no, um, like gore like well, no, no, it's good. Um, so after three years of planning, Gort like managed to steal Jin's core crystal. This is like early on, but yeah. uh, he was going to sell it. But ten-year-old Laura, not knowing, just kind of touched the core crystal and uh, became Jin's driver, which threw mm-hmm. Gort's plans out the window. So he wanted to kill her to get the crystal back, but Jin sliced his arm off, and you get this flashback in the in the, the original game, and you kind of don't really think too much about Gort. You did, I don't even think they mentioned his his name in the original game, did they? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either, don't but it was very short, though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So then later on, he got a gets a prosthetic arm, and he's basically hired by Amalthus. And he's trying to, I guess, get revenge on Lauren Jin? Or... That seems like his main yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. I think yeah. he's just mad about losing his arm and stuff, which is, you know, 
sure, but you did try to kill a kid just because the kid resonated with the crystal? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree with you, Justin. I think he definitely needed more because otherwise he's... Uh, he, he had potential. He had potential. I do kind of like... He had a lot of potential. I do kind of like his final boss because it gets kind of like... He's really creepy. Like, yeah, creepy, bodily horror-ish thing going on there, but it's like, just kind of seems like out of nowhere. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. Like, mm-hmm. And it's like, there was no build-up for this. That's there was no... There wasn't enough build-up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. look, I'm back. Like I said, if they had one more, like, if we had an extra Gort battle before you fought Malos and Torna, he would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. That would have done wonders for developing this character. But to throw him after you beat Malos, uh-huh. after that super climatic and awesome that final boss. I could have like- been the final boss. After that super awesome boss fight with Malos, to suddenly get Gort and he's all like, I hope you're a screamer. Which, that was a... F- a lot of people think that line is creepy. I thought that was actually a pretty funny line. But still, like, it's wasted because, like, he comes up and you're like, really? This is who I'm going to fight at the very end of the game? Nice. And then they give us that really amazing song. And it's it, just, it has no impact. I hate. I hate that that song is so good. Because... It's wasted on such a dumb ball. <laughs> Maybe if they had just flipped the order of the battles, that would have been better. Like have yeah. that would. that would I think that actually would have yeah. helped a little bit, but I think there should have been one more Gort fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think there should have been. I think there would have mm-hmm. been a, like an effective build up rather than see him at the start, all this stuff set up, um, drop him completely and bring him back randomly at the end. It's it feels mm-hmm. a little strange. I get, oh, element of surprise, but also doesn't really work for that kind of villain as well. To No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Gort. Uh, I'm, I was very disappointed by that. Did a po- like I said, to the point where I started to hate Torna because of it. Oh. I was... Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I don't hate Torna. I, I used to be very critical about it. But when I look back on it, it's oh, not yes, as bad so as I was before. I was just very bitter about certain things, and that was one of them. Yeah. I get that. I was, personally, uh, for Torna, like, the thing I was the most bitter about was uh, the ending. Because I felt like they could have shown, like, a lot more to connect the dots, rather than just be like, Oh, uh, here's the scene of like the characters at the end being happy when we know they're obviously not gonna be, but like also, oh, you know, like uh, uh, like the ages was sealed away, but you see nothing of that. <laughs> Just like I feel like it was a bit anticlimactic. Like I, I would have loved to see, maybe not necessarily go all the way to the scene where everything goes to shit, but like. To see a bit more toward that, mm-hmm. like I to mean, connect the dots of what happened after. As far as the Laura and Jin part of it, I kind of am okay with where they left it because it's like you know what's going to happen, and I kind of like the illusion to it. Just being there is enough for that, but like some of the other stuff, I definitely agree. Yeah, I like the that... ages being, uh, like 
where the fuck the, did our good boy go to? Yeah. Like, with with the uh, pirate, uh, rather Mitra, because Sparrow was not there at the time. But where the fuck, where the fuck did he go to? Like, c- could we know? I like, would like to have seen. For that, example, yes. for example, like in Xenoblade Two, you see a lot of like, oh, this whole village that was supposedly like founded by him, but it's just like, okay, but when was it founded? And like. How? When? Like, did he just go put the ages like away, like under underneath the sea, and then just go there? Like, did he have? Did did he have like? Uh, is was his family okay? Like, what happened? What happened with a good boy? You know, <laughs> I just. I was just so salty that they did not show a tiny bit more. Like, like just a little extra, maybe like five minutes of extra little shots here and there to get a bit more would have been perfect. But I felt it was like, and it, the ending was so flat <laughs> to me. Like, it did not feel all that satisfying. But I did really enjoy the game, but I, like, I wish the ending had a little bit more to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's just a personal thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that said, uh, do we mention the last one on the list that I have no idea what it well, is, also, but I feel like it's a joke. Also, Blue Sellers <laughs> turns, turned Gordon into the first Blade Eater. Oh, true. Which also, yeah, I, I, that was weird that he had a, that he looked like a robot beast with a face in his mouth. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yep, that's pretty nasty. Uh, the last one was just a joke one that I added. It's Holy Lancer Frame. It's a giant deadly sword for fish that can fly. One of the unique monsters in Xenoblade 2. I was kidding. <laughs> Is it maybe a reference to a frame from Fire Emblem Secret Stones? Quite likely. <laughs> there, I just love... I just want to bring up, for the unique monsters in the Xenoblade games, period, all of them have some great names. Holy Lancer, Ephraim, like... What was that one? It was like Machine Gun Machine Julio. Machine Gun Julio, Tattooed Hugo. I wish I paid more attention to the names, but I'm too <laughs> focused on the numbers. There's, so I, I, I totally think there's another don't see another one that was like Reeking Douglas. Yeah, Reeking Douglas. There's one, that's called, there's one in Torna that's like Moving Fortress something. Or, and I forget what that one is fully. There's Territorial oh, Rothbart. My Rothbart, The infamous... Territorial yeah. Rothbart, yeah. Cloud Seeking Ken was yep, one of my same. favorite. I do like Cal- Cloud Seeking Ken, and I, there's another one that's like uh, stratospheric. Um, all right, it was like something Cloud Seeking. I just thought fucking. <laughs> I love that. I also love that. Like Zenobia's line is just fighting all those bosses. <laughs> A lot of those bosses. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it seems that we have come at the end of our list. Yes. We, yes. Is there which, that we did. Which is, is kind of any... funny because like two hours enough to do all the little play games, but four hours presumably gives it to Osaka. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I think we did a pretty um, decent job at um moving along yeah. and covering what we need to cover. The problem with mm-hmm. Little Gears and Zoll Saga is that the characters have so freaking much content like it's like huge bricks it's hard to break them into 
oh, so this is just what happened. It's just, oh my god, it's, it's just so hard because there's just so much. Well, the Xenoblade, I feel like Xenoblade's uh, uh, characters are often a bit easier to like break down into smaller bits because they're oh, way yeah. more mm -hmm, simple. For sure. They're much more straightforward. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, I, actually, I actually appreciate that, believe yeah. it or not. Kind of gets to the point in a lot of ways. Plus, you, you, if we're talking like Xenosaga, it's like three games as opposed to one game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's another big reason for it. For all the characters, including the, the villains. So that's why, like, we gotta go on a tangent. We start talking about Xenosaga and Xenogears because there's so much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Let's see. Is there. Can anybody think of any, like, last minute minor villains that we might have missed? Nothing comes to mind, really. Like. Yeah, okay. I think we covered most of the ones that were really prevalent. If there was another one we missed, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Leave us those angry comments and emails. Yes. I'll have fun reading them. Zenochatpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> Or you can re react to Twitter and just, your, you know. Or your fan yes. theories for who was the actual villain all along. Oh yeah, I thought of one Jose. Oh. <laughs> uh, Yep. He's the real villain all along. There you go. <laughs> Xenophobia is Bo the villain all Bonus along. Bonus villain. Xenophobia is the villain. <laughs> Alright. Okay, well this was great. Thanks everybody for joining me tonight. That was a really good yes. discussion. Thank you for having me. Um. So this episode might may or may not come out first depending on how we Get, we had some technical difficulties with the Xenogears and Xenosaga episode. Yep. So if we can't figure that out first, I might jump onto this one and just edit this one first. But Even though it's going to be like, oh yeah, part two's coming out first because technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. fine. Yep. Yeah, so besides that, uh, as we mentioned earlier, there will be a Lao episode, so look forward to that. Um... Okay, yeah, I think that's as far as the future of the podcast goes. Let's go around and share anything if you'd like. Uh, we'll start with you, Justin. Okay, so um, I have been collaborating with Sup Arcade, and we are doing a playthrough of We Love Katamari. But that's why this episode is up. There should be plenty of episodes of that on their channel. Um, yeah, I was playing... Well, I wasn't playing it. I was watching them play mm. it. And it was our first time playing it. It's one of my favorite video games. And it's a blast. We had so much fun during that recording. So definitely check that out. It is a really, really good time. And uh, speaking of like collaborations, we have our Zelda-thon, which by the time this episode airs, should probably be finished. And hopefully Sam has uploaded the VODs. But yeah, we're almost done with the Zelda-thon, because by the time this, uh, as, as of this recording right now, we are just a few days away from Skyward Sword HD's release, and that's going to be the end of the Zelda-thon. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's been a really, really good time. We played a lot of games. And yeah, we, <laughs> me, Nick, and Justin all played a bit too, and it was a good time. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, yes. it, it was great. Um, we, we had a lot of fun playing those games, so... 
Uh, definitely go on Retro Roulette's uh, Twitch channel. Check out the VODs. I think Sam plans on uploading them on the YouTube channel I as well. So check that out um, in case you miss them. But if you haven't been missing them and you've been jumping in the chats, thank you for the support. That means the world to us. Yeah. And in addition to that, another project. So one of the big quote-unquote secret projects that I've been working on last year, I can finally reveal it. It is uh, I, it is the RPG book. So uh, I've been working with Kurt from Hardcore Gaming 101 and we've been working on a a book about jrpgs and it's a massive 600 page book covering a bunch of japanese role-playing games i was one of the contributors for it kirk got a whole bunch of other uh contributors tyler being one of them as well and yeah i believe there was over 30 contributors total is there's a ton of people in on this book um and We've been writing entries about various RPGs. I think like 600 games covered in that mm-hmm. book. It is That's massive. Insane. I wrote the sections for Xenosaga Episode 1, Episode 2, Episode 3, and all the Xenoblades. Sweet. And Jin wrote the entry for Super Robot Tizen uh, Endless Frontier, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, OG Saga Endless Frontier. OG Saga Endless mm-hmm. Frontier, yes. Which has Cosmos so, in it. <laughs> which has Cosmos in it, so it counts. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, definitely check out uh, if you want to check out my and Tyler's writing in a book. Go ahead and pick that up. And it's so beautiful. Um, it's well, it's so good. I I can't say go ahead and pick that up because unfortunately it sold out really quickly, and I don't think any of us expected that. No. But uh, they are gonna have another print run of it in October. So be on the lookout for it. Follow Bitmap Books, mm-hmm. which Bitmap Books they are the folks who publish this. They have done some amazing books in the past. If you want to see like some great books on Super Famicom box art, I think they did one on Game Boy box art, and I think they did another one on Neo Geo games. They are great. If you've already bought Bitnap books, you know how amazing their releases are. But this JRPG book release is insane. Mm-hmm. If you can think of a JRPG, there's a pretty good chance it's covered in this book. Mm-hmm. It is that comprehensive and that big of a book it's almost intimidating to flip yes, through all the pages yes it is. it's 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 pretty wild but uh i'm very happy with how it came out i'm glad that uh kurt was able to get all these contributors in on it i'm very glad that tyler was able to join um and i have a couple other friends who also wrote some entries in that book as well so yeah definitely check that out it it's a really good thing um i i think a lot of us uh, you can really see how passionate a lot of us are about the genre. So, yeah, it, if you like RPGs, this is a book you want on your shelf. Exactly. And I will oh. get it when it goes back in stock because I missed it. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> uh, Alright, well, M- Mary, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, conventions are still not a thing, and I'm not really doing any cosplays right now, but uh, I did t- I did like stream for the Zelda ton, and I do plan on possibly streaming a bit more games in the near future. I just need to get some setups going. But uh, yeah, basically my my whole idea of like trying to stream more is because you know I have this gigantic backlog that keeps getting worse. 
And uh, I was thinking, maybe if I like schedule myself to play these games from my backlog on stream, I could get through it better. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking of maybe doing that, but for sure, like I, I need to, I, I need to get a few things set up before I fully go into that. Because, for example, I'm still on an old OS, and like. I need to set up like my new SSD to then install the new OS and all that crap. So, because basically my capture card that I got was, uh, I thought I could make it work on my old OS, but apparently it's not stable and keeps crashing. So, uh, yeah, I need I need Windows 10. <laughs> but yeah, I will make it work. Just need some time to get everything I need to do the switch. But yeah. Wow. Well good luck. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's gonna be a huge ordeal to switch. <laughs> I guess we can wait right. to Nick. <laughs> yeah, how about you Nick? Uh biggest thing is uh that Zelathon been um I've <laughs> just finished just finished yeah, today. Just Nick just stream like uh. since like what, Thursday? Well, let's see. Oh, Friday. Yeah, when since Friday. When did you start Triforce Heroes? Oh, yeah, like no, a... it was Thursday. It was Thursday. I, tri I started so, Triforce Heroes. We played yeah. through Triforce Heroes for a bit on Thursday, and I went, did a part two with um, with a Link Between Worlds, which was uh, what I had originally planned to stream those days. But we got a group together for Triforce Heroes, and I never played it, so we did that. We did, like, a half and half. Then, on really Friday... We did all Triforce Heroes, beat it, and so on Saturday, I went back to A Link Between Worlds, did not finish it. Um, in fact, I got not as far as I would have hoped, and I, we actually decided to push Breath of the Wild back a day, because uh, our friend Anthony at Retro Roulette was going to do that, and he was busy today, so... Oops. Busy today. Yeah, I'm giving us a timestamp now. So anyway, the day after July that. July 11th. <laughs> yeah, the, the day after that, today, I streamed Triforce, or not Triforce Heroes, I streamed Link Between Worlds for as much time as I could before coming onto this podcast. And if you don't catch it in the VOD, uh, it should be uploaded to YouTube along with my earlier broadcast that I did for Zeldathon of Link's crossbow training, which was very fun. Also the first time I had played all the way through it, and I did beat that one in the one sitting, so that was pretty nice. Although I did not beat Link Between Worlds, I'm pretty happy with overall progress in that, and that's the main thing I've been working on lately. Um, just some collaboration stuff with Retro Roulette, but yeah, I do fun. expect to stream a bit more in the future, especially now that it feels like it's somewhat more expected of me, and I am having fun with it, so it will be cool. it'll be good. I, I am enjoying it, but yeah, that's that's my main thing is that stuff. All right. Anyway, uh, how about you, Robin? I uh, let's see what have I been up to? Um, I've been writing what's hopefully the first of a series of short stories and playing Terranigma. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like more than halfway done with it. I Probably by the time this comes out, I should be done. 
I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, people are able to get their hands on that. I do recommend it. <laughs> okay, that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> um, so as for me, uh, I have not been playing any Zelda games, um, but I did contribute to the JRPG book, as just Justin mentioned. Um, I've just been working on different projects here and there. Um, a lot of them Zeno related, but can't really talk about them just yet. So stay tuned to those. Um, but that's about it. So, uh, thank you everyone for contributing tonight. Um, also to people who, uh, also added to our notes, I believe Cadmus or Cat and Robin, uh, contribute a lot to our document. Oh yeah. So thank you. I think you a couple of much. extra other people also contributed <gasps> oh, yes. to the Xenal Saga parts, but yeah. yeah, like there was a lot of people writing on the doc, so I kinda lost track. Yeah, just I'll just say Jesse, Chris, yeah. um I, I think, think did Feeny? Feeny, maybe? I think Queenie slash Melt also <gasps> mm. uh, rather Brielle, like also put uh, down a few things as well. Yes. Well uh, thank you everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah and thank you especially whoever's listening to this episode right now we really appreciate it um, and uh, well have a good night everybody see ya bye take care Now it's right time. Yeah, it's Anyways, not bad. shall we get started? Is everyone ready? Everybody got your booze. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I got my booze. I got water. <laughs> okay. I've got Oof. nothing, but I'll be fine. This is like the first time I'm drinking on an episode in some time, so. <laughs> okay. This is the first time <laughs> I've been on an episode be in some time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I always drink right. on episodes. I'm ready for the countdown. All right, everybody ready? Whenever. Yep. Okay. All right. And it's we press on three or after three. We'll press on go. So three, two, one, go. But not, not okay. right there. Okay. Not right there. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I understood. Okay. All right. So <laughs> on your forehead. <laughs> all right. Hit record in three, two, one, go. Now it's right time. Are we right, ready to so move on to one. his uh, right hand man? Chin. Oh. Oh. oh wow. Have to edit that. <laughs> you are roboting a bit, but we can I like talk how about the problems Jin. that exist here are that I am speaking too fast, apparently, according to Discord, and Jin is speaking too slowly, apparently, yeah, according yeah, to basically, Discord. Yeah, uh, basically a bot slash Robin goes into a chipmunk that's accelerated and uh 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 
Tyler goes into a slow slow motion robot that's cutting out. (laughs) It's actually really funny. Like our (laughs) listeners probably aren't going to hear it, but on our end it it's great. Oh my god. Laughter at times in this episode for this reason. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Don't apologize. You're you're fine. It's not your fault whatsoever. If anything, uh, uh, Discord's uh, fault. It's probably Discord. Discord But we might have samples of that going on, like uh, with the other recording usually at the same time, and we could probably put that to the bloopers. But we'll see at the end of the episode if that does happen. Yeah, (laughs) like at the end, where Rex is going, like, "See, here's how you're wrong." I've explained it, and, Re- and then Malos just recontextualizes what Rex says, and he's like, no, you're right, I'm a terrible scum, and you need to defeat me. Now it's Ryan time! And... Also, um, I just want to put one more thing out there. Um, sub to Brinkle, and that's it. No context? There you go. Oh, stop it. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. It's gonna worry about it. <laughs> Don't <laughs> just remove you can, you that can edit from that the. Out. I'm sorry, that was just a, <laughs> edit that out. Really an inside joke. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna make Tyler. I could, I, I could put it in the bloopers if you'd rather. You can. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Shut. <laughs> 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 oh, <Jesus. laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, how about you, Robin? Insert Robin's response here. <laughs> Okay, that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> now it's Ryan time. Oh man, uh, I can't. Uh, so this one, I guess, we'll call villain. Yeah, Chad. Just, just to, just HK. to assure you, um, Jen, yeah. sub to Brinkle is absolutely harmless. It was just, uh, oh, it, yeah, but yeah. it can also absolutely be edited out. It was just me. That's why what? I what is paused it? before saying it. It's an inside joke. Um, my friend Brian, his channel is Brinkle, and so he always says "sub to Brinkle," and that's kind of become oh, like an inside joke. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that really all it is. Sub to Brinkle. Oh, okay. Like it was really funny um, during Games on Quick. Sam actually wrote in her chat "sub to Brinkle," and it showed up. Oh, he subs to. Oh, wow! because yeah, it's <laughs> subscriber-only so chat. He's yep. That's hilarious. It was really funny. Did he donate and put that in? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> now, now it's, it's Ryan's time. time. 